This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor protects. Oh yeah, dude. I love that new opening. It's hot. <laughs> I just... I hope that all you people listening to the new opening get to, uh, like... I hope when it happens, it's like one of those Wayne's World moments where you're, like, jamming your head right there before he says the Emperor protects. Oh, yeah. But what's oh, going so on, Radio Free Bad listeners? So dope. <laughs> My name is Michael. I got powerful Derek here. Go and say what's going on, Derek. How's it going, everybody? And uh, you just got listening to got done listening to uh, Ben's new powerful opening, uh, the most powerful one yet. I, 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 hands down. And here's the thing: when we talked about like getting the podcast kind of back up and running and everything like that, and getting it going, immediately the first conversation was, do we reach out to Ben and have him have him uh, get us a new opening? And the first thing was like, well, we don't know what this is yet, right? We don't know what we're doing. We don't know if we're going to be uh, doing this day weekly anymore and all stuff. So let's, let's see how this feels. And then he just like reached out. <laughs> he was <laughs> he's like, like, Hey guys, he's like, Hey guys, you, get a, you guys need a new opening, you know, heard, uh, heard you guys are back in town. So, uh, and so, yeah. And we had already talked about, it's like, well, if we were going to have a new opening, what do we want it to include? Yeah. You're like, well, I've been reading Siege of Terra. Mortis baby, which includes, Black God Machines, a.k.a. Ordo Sinister, and mm. people having dreams and all stuff. So we just, like, inc- like rope that in. And uh, it slaps. It's, I love it. It's We listen to it right before the podcast to pump us up. Like, that drop pumps us up. So. Yeah, I'm, like, half chub. It worked. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to listen to that part. I'm going to separate that as its own podcast. I'm just going to keep playing that open and over and over Every again. time your phone goes off at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Every time I get a text message. No, every time I get a Facebook message. <laughs> every Facebook message, it plays in its entirety. <laughs> hold on, hold on. And it's longer. It's way longer than that. I don't know. Oh, the, the yeah, the, the, the unedited, the full cut. Oh, goodness gracious, guys. Yeah, no, excellent. Great job, powerful Ben. You sent day one. You just killed out it of the park every single time, every single time you've killed it. You can't miss. So, okay, so this is what episode one forty six, right? One forty six because we just did one forty five. Should be. Uh, so as you guys have seen, the uh, we okay. Let me say this: what we we, got? we don't have the old phone number anymore. So if you're calling it, I don't know who you're getting a hold of. We should probably call it. <laughs> oh my call god! It. Let's call it. Let's, you want to call it? It's live on air. I don't know what our. Uh, I mean, we can, but what if it is some like? What if somebody's just camping it? I mean, I don't know. Just call them. Just leave them a message asking for it back. I don't know. Okay, well, we don't have to call it. But anyway, we don't have the old number anymore. Uh, a lot of domains got lost and everything like that since the since the time where we kind of. Since the before times. Since the before times, since hiatus time, so we don't have the old phone number. But if you look at the Facebook page, we did update the phone number. And so yeah, that is, uh, you can leave voicemails to us. We did get a single voicemail, 
Uh, we'll Love play that it. here in a second. And so as long as we can get the voicemails coming back in, we can, you know. Comfortably. Comfortably have some yeah. additional content for you boys. New phone who dis. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think we have a pretty good show lined up. Uh, we're going to talk about some some hobby progress. We're going to talk about, you know, we got this voicemail we got to play, some stuff we're working on. And then definitely, I think everybody's just kind of ramping up right now for Adepticon. I'm not going to Adepticon, but people around me are going to Adepticon. So, like, watching that prep happen, seeing people getting games in, I've been, like, trying to be involved with, like, a lot of games. And yeah. so uh, every time I hear a game's going on, it's like, hey, man, can I just go? Yeah. Because it's... It's a, it's one of those things where, you know, you learn in addition, you know? Oh, absolutely. Especially if you've been rusty, if you hadn't got as many games as you like, which in my experience, most people I've played, even at like Warzone and other events have been like, I've definitely not gotten enough games as many as I wish I'd have. So just, and just good to be part of that hype, you know, everybody's just like getting pumped. I just, like, one of the biggest things that, like, especially with, like, the reactions, advanced reactions on that jazz that I've noticed is unlike Horse Heresy, you know, 1.0. Yeah. There's, like, I haven't heard of, and I can't, I don't think, the only person I could think that would possibly even be able to do this at that level would probably be Kimmel if he was playing, Mm -hmm. is, like, knowing what every single Legion can do with their, like, advanced reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, like, the vague idea... Because it's one thing per legion. Yeah. But, like, to know, like, the intricacies of, like, okay, how that interacts with this and that and the other, that's a bit much for now. Yeah, especially especially with all the, and I think you mentioned this, like, last episode, like, all the gotchas. Yeah, every time, make sure your opponent knows what your legion reaction does. Because if you just spring it on them, it's going to feel like you stepped on a rake. It's not as bad as 40k stratagems are, especially with the, like, number of them. I think one per legion is a good number... And they're not just willy-nilly with advanced reactions for every little thing. Like Interceptor, Combat Air Patrol are the main ones I can think of. Yeah, it's definitely... And so I feel like I do feel like the gotcha thing. And I do feel like there are... Especially like if you're... Uh, okay. It's like, of course. like it, It's really hard to like have fun when somebody bamboozles you for something oh. you didn't know oh yeah especially if you're trying to get into the new edition and you're like you're kind of iffy about it at first because it's new and it's a little more like 40k because you're like oh it's more like stratagems the first time somebody springs it on you and you're like oh there's no way i could have possibly known that and you just expect me to know it. it it's gonna leave a bad taste in your mouth it's like when you're playing uno and you think you know the rules and then somebody oh, who knows God. the rules plays you <laughs> no, it's no, it's when you do know the rules, you just don't know the house rules they're playing with. <laughs> exactly. And somebody says, "All right, cool. No, but because you played this, I get to just play this because I got the same thing, and I get to do this." It's like, well, if I would have known that was going to happen, I could have set myself up. To, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. This is all okay. It's a game. It's, it's a fucking we're game. A, we're having a friendly game. Any game can be a friendly game if you've got good enough manners and you try hard enough. And that is how. Derek lost $500 on Uno one night. <laughs> they didn't tell me there was money on the game. <laughs> they just beat my ass and took my wallet. <laughs> oh. So, no. So, anyway. Anyway. Uh, let us get into this voicemail. How Let's about get that? into it. Let me. I promise this is not going to be as exciting as y'all think it is. But, it's a bear story? You know. Maybe. Unlikely. It, 
How hype is everybody for cocaine <laughs> unless, bear? Unless this transcript just got it really wrong. It happens. All right. Let's see. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> ready? Oh, you know I'm ready. I've been waiting. And it's funny how I have the like the new mixer that I could Bluetooth to and all that stuff. But no, no, no. That's not how we do things here. That's not how we do things around here. There we go. Uh, Hi. Uh, No, your mom gay. (laughs) Your mom hella gay. (laughs) Which is perfectly okay in 2023. Your mom can be gay all she wants. I bet she's a great mom. Absolutely. Yeah. Frankly, it's unfortunate for us men (laughs) to (laughs) not have a chance at her. But (laughs) I know some people can be very disappointed. So, yeah. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's our first voicemail back. Damn, I was really hoping there'd be a bear story in there somewhere. No, nope, not even close. Not even a bear story. I mean, Dude, we've had... I'm, I'm hyped for cocaine bear. <laughs> Coming out this month, baby. The good news is, okay, so everybody listening, right? You've had three years for your company <laughs> to fuck up, okay? You've had three years for... so that You've had three years of watching industrial shit and like... Let's get those calls in, right? Okay, well, we got to break into that other voicemail because that's where all the good shit is. It's got to have like years of just like, maybe if I send in like the stupid thing that happened, we just talking? like, what are you talking about? Voicemail, the old one. Oh, the 2017 voicemail. No, the old number. Oh, like I assume that's got to have the good stuff in it, right? Oh no, it didn't. Oh, oh, I kept all the old voicemails from the old number. We, okay, there, there weren't any new ones? No, the call stopped. Oh. The calls trickled. That's, that's you know what? I was hoping, I, I was hoping that, you know, after like a year of being off the air and a year of uh-huh. not recording anything, we might have gotten those those drunk calls. <laughs> it's like, it just... Like, <laughs> it's just voice of the Golden Throne again. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just in my car and there's just nothing to listen to. I just really wish I would just get back on the air again. I know y'all aren't listening to this voice anymore, but I miss you. And <laughs> I, I miss you too, AJ. <laughs> I, I definitely miss the boys of the Golden Throne. Oh yeah, shout out. Hey, even though y'all's dice roll like shit, I still Mine use them. Mine are fine. <laughs> Mine are horrible. <laughs> I I've got I got the bad set. I still absolutely use them. Okay, well, some of us didn't get Warzone 2019 dice. <laughs> oh, you missed out, baby. <laughs> them, them them bitches hot. Or is it 2018? 2018, right? Oh, 2018. Yeah, those those <laughs> blue dice. I do got the hella Titanicus dice. Yeah, there's a so so if you ever see me bust out the Warzone 2018 dice, they're blue and they've got gold lettering that say Warzone. I'm cheating. If you see, <laughs> if you see him roll those dice, don't let him put them away for morale checks. <laughs> yeah, you better make me roll them on on the, on morale checks. Keep them honest. Those suckers, <laughs> them cheating dice. I'm gonna tell you right I now. I didn't know you could put a machine spirit in dice. And when I see other people using them, it's like an inside joke because we know <laughs> it's real that chess X, real. <laughs> chess X just made those dice a little bit better than all the other <laughs> they didn't ones. Have to do that, or maybe it's just like maybe it's the wording. Maybe they're just like so. I don't know. I don't know what happened to those dice, but those dice, those are cheating dice. They're good, solid. Just I mean, not like hard cheating dice. Just some like casual, cheeky like yeah. cheating dice. There's like possibly provable, but you know. 
It's not actionable. Yeah. We all know about them. We all know. If I see them, I'm going to ask you to roll some different dice. If you see me rolling Boys of the Golden Throne dice with a yellow toilet and all that jazz, you're going to have a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Which, hey, man, the, the Radio Prince Demand dice aren't much better. <laughs> so, you know. It is what it is. Speaking or, of good games. Speaking of good games. So, hope I'm not jumping you with that segue. No, that was a perfect segue. Thank you. Let's talk I've, I've been practicing. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your games, Derek. My my game, singular. Your game. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so uh, last week I'd mentioned that I had some ultramarines I've been doing up that kind of got shelved for other projects. Well, Powerful Josh has been trying to trying to get into the new rule set integrated, which we, I, I know I still need to as well. Just because he's gearing up for Adepticon, he wants to play as many different lists as he can. He wants to get a feel for what's out there and like his matchups. Yes. Just so, like, he's not learning how stuff goes at Adepticon, which, like, all more power to him. That's exactly how it should be, you know? Hey, and here's the thing, right? I do feel like, because Josh is playing Solar Ox, and I don't know if you've announced that to everybody, Josh, that you're taking Solar Ox to Adepticon, but unfortunately, I, so. I just did. Yeah. Um, I didn't like... They need some love, dude. Like they that is a that is a difficult army to learn. To yeah. play well. It's okay. At least as long as we don't tell him about his mechanicum allied detachment, we'll be all right. Yeah, no, you're good. But anyway, you got a game with Josh playing yep. your ultramarines. Yes, sir. I dusted them off. They weren't quite table ready as far as the quality I like to go for. But you know, when a friend asks for help, you help him out. Uh, and I know you'd also seen a game he'd played with uh, uh, local John, right? No, yeah, I, I was there for that game. And that was kind of like the, uh, there was a ton of learning. We'll, we'll go into that game after you talk about this. Yeah. but Because other than that, you've just been there for like Mega Battle stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I played one game against Josh. Okay. Just that one. Oh, that's right, that's right. Where you busted out the uh, tank list. The bloody bloods. But after watching your games and like watching kind of, you running around with uh, every possible cool ass unit you could have with your Ultramarines, like your Loki Taurus and yep. your Fulamentaris, yep. and your Caesarinaris, yep. and your uh, Ferabundus. Ferabundus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I realize that probably need to start busting out the old. Uh, They're mean. Blood pal- or Crimson Paladins. And I know you don't. Dawn of Paladins and Crimson Bloodies and. Pretty much all the jump pack dudes. I just the, want a bunch of jump packies. The, the Crimson Paladins are not Fulmentaris. No, I didn't think they were. I don't think anything's Fulmentaris. <laughs> Iron Tyrants aren't Fulmentaris. No, no. Fulmentaris. Tyrants. Fulmentaris somehow just slipped the, hey, if it's in this legacy sheet, let's go ahead and just nerf it to hell. Yeah, you're not meant to be taking units from that PDF unless you play Ultramarines. Because yeah. the two Ultramarines units in there are stellar. Yeah, they uh, they definitely, like, I feel like Imperial Fist and Sons of Horus are supposed to be, like, Horus Heresies, like... They're on the box. Yeah, they're the, they're the show boys, right? They, they, made a, they made an animation for them. But I feel like the Ultramarines still got the, still get the Games Workshop love. Yeah, yeah, it shows. But tell us about your game. Let's, let's hear it. All right, so my list was, I was running Logos Lectora, mm-hmm. which... Uh, put a pin in that. We'll circle back around to that. So I had my Praetor, Master of Signal. I had three units of Tacticals and Rhinos. I stuck the Master of Signal with those for reasons that'll be made clear later. 
Uh, I took a unit of Fulmentaris, a unit of Loki Taurus. I took a Suzerain Command Squad just because I wanted to have like the the units. And for those of you that don't know Ultramarine special names and all stuff, Fulmentaris are the Terminators that have missile launchers on their back. And yeah. Loki Taurus are the Artificer Armor Jump dudes yeah. with uh, Power Swords, right? Uh, better Power Swords. but yeah. Better Power Swords. Yeah. And two wounds apiece. Everything has two wounds. Oh, yeah. All three of those Ultramarine Special Units. I'm not sure about the Praetorian Breachers, which are the Breachers with Power Swords. I didn't run them because Suzerain are just better. And Suzerain have their shields. Oh, God. Those are the shields and axes. And axes. And those dudes are just... They're too good for their points. They are, they're Cataphracty Terminator points, but they outperform Cataphracty Terminators. Yeah, they're overkill on most things. Yeah. Uh, so I those three special units, just because I, I wanted to build a list around the special units, so I kind of figure out what they do, and I figured Josh would want to know what they do. Uh, I also had a unit of missile launcher heavy support guys, a unit of seekers, which I was using. I, I converted up some Nemesis destroyers, and then I read their rules, and I'm like, this is not the same level as the other Ultramarines units. So I just run them as seekers, because I feel that more closely fits kind of the fluff behind that unit. Uh, and then I also have like a five-man unit of destroyers that I'm not entirely sure why I have in that list. I don't know what that unit does. They died very quick. Yeah, it's just five dudes just running, and then they just eat shit. Oh, but they died because their rhino got popped, right? They weren't in a rhino to begin with. Oh. They died because they were next to a rhino that got popped. Oh, yeah. And then once once blood was in the water, they were lit up by Solar Auxilla. I think I just really liked the idea of the disintegrator in the unit. Did you get to shoot it? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't get to shoot either of my disintegrators. Very cool. Uh, I also had a just a Contemptor Dreadnought, two fists, heavy flamers, just because I had it and I threw it in the list. For those of you curious about what he was paired up against, it was three Vanquishers, yep. uh, three what would be considered Lehman Russ Annihilators with the... the yep. The last cannons. Some good last cannons. Uh, was it six of the little tanks, the Carnodons? Uh, two squadrons of three, three Volkite Carnodons. Yeah, full full Volkite. All Choom. Choom Carnodons. Uh, nine laser rapier batteries. Yeah, three. It was a tercio of three squads of three each, I think. Yes. And then... Uh, yeah, and then two, ten, no, three Aurochs transports. Yeah, two Aurochs with LAS rifle sections, the command section, and the third Aurochs, and then I think seven units, because I think I had 10, 10 man units total. Yeah. And those seven units were on foot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, y'all's objective was to get to the other person's uh, deployment zone. Deployment zone. Shatter like, strike. Yeah, Shatter Strike. If you don't know what Shatter Strike is, it's cross the board edge, get your dudes into the other board edge. And if you have uh, uh, yeah, scoring, scoring units. Yeah, scoring units are worth more points, but denial units still get you victory points. Yeah, yeah. So basically, and, and they were like hot dog style on this table. Dawn of War. Dawn of War. Classic long edges. Long edges. And they had to just like, you know, 
Good day, sir. Just go into your board edge and try and get to the other side yeah, without being killed. It's just two two lines clashing and you're trying to get through. And it didn't matter if they killed each other. didn't matter if you, who you fucked up. Yeah. Well, there's Slay the Warlord, right? As a secondary, right? Yes. Secondaries only matter now if you're tied on primaries. Correct. Which yeah. a lot of people, it's still tripping up people who haven't got enough games in. People yeah. like me. Secondary don't mean shit. Unless you tied. And yeah. if you're tied, well... Which, uh, that's an interesting change. Uh, I I wouldn't do it for every mission, but it, it's a neat idea. Yeah, no. So, whoever has more units on the other side wins. It's basically just that, yeah. Yeah. And then if you are tied, you have to do more math. But anyway, that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> they are trying to get to each other's side. So, continue. Yeah. So, How did your units perform in said game against children? <laughs> every unit... Except for the destroyers and the seekers, just did stellar. Like, ultramarine units are just really, really good. Everything that they tried to do was they were pretty much overkill and overqualified for. Uh, I didn't need a ten-man unit of suzerain. A five-man unit would have done exactly the same thing. And that's because you can. And like one of the ultramarine special things is you can basically tau marker light style. Tag a unit, right? Yeah, so if any Ultramarines unit shoots at a target, mm-hmm. any friendly Ultramarines unit within six inches gets plus one to hit that unit with shooting. So what Derek was doing was running a Rhino, and the Rhino would shoot its bolter. it go pop, pop, and the other Ultramarines would go, okay, cool, that one? Cool. Like it was like tracer rounds. They're right there. And then they would get, you know... Yep. They would Got get, it. And it's to re-roll? No, it's That's plus one to hit. Plus one to hit. So they're all ballistic skill 17 by the time it's all done. Yeah, which really, really helped counteract night fighting. Yes, which there was night fighting was enabled. Yeah, it was part of that mission. First turn, night fighting, it can carry to the second turn. It did not in our case. So, so just like in addition to night fighting, right? Yeah. <laughs> like... Unf- like okay, something I do want to talk about in that case, right? So y'all, like y'all, go in night fighting, night fighting hard. Capital S sucks. Oh this yeah, edition, right? If you're, it is oppressive. Yeah, if it's if unless it's, you're night lords. Yeah, unless you're night lords. If night fighting is in play, then it is a uh, minimum twenty four inch range or yep. maximum twenty four inch yep. range. You can only target units within twenty four inches. You're minus one ballistic skill. Minus one ballistic skill. And minus one leadership. And minus one leadership. And I know you're like, oh, well, I'll just put a searchlight on everything, bro. No problem. Everything's got searchlights nowadays. Searchlight cuts off one of those three things. It allows you to target stuff outside 24. And then everything can see you because you got you, you're looking like a Las Vegas. And you can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. So uh, I got first turn. Josh hadn't taken his turn yet, but all this stuff with searchlights is already lit up. Yeah, it's like freebies. Like it doesn't matter how out of range it is. So so yeah, searchlights, and weird. they they only negate the range. They don't take away the minus one ballistic skill. Yes, the only thing that does that is night vision. And augury scanners don't even do that. No, augury scanners will take away the twenty four inch maximum on the unit that has them. Uh, searchlights have the benefit of once you do that shot, then everything else can uh, target the unit you shot at, which helped me out because I was already doing that anyway. Yeah, so, so the good news is, or I guess the news is, <laughs> going into the game, everybody was uh, already tripped up by the night fighting. Yeah, I thought it like hampered me, because I was using Logos Lectora. I'm like, okay, well, 
I was accounting for minus one ballistic skill from pumping my move. If you're not familiar with Logos Lectora, it gives you different orders you can do army-wide, and all your infantry get a bonus to something, but they get worse at something else, possibly everything else. So you can get, like, plus two movement, but then you get minus one weapon skill and ballistic skill. Or you can reroll your misses, but then you get, you cannot move or run. So stuff like that. So I kind of built that tactic around compensating for the minus one ballistic skill from Logos Lectora. But I wasn't going to do that with night fighting as well and then just be ballistic skill four with my bonuses. So Logos Lectora is optional. You don't have to pick one of those in any given turn. So I just first turn, I opted not to because I'm already dealing with night fighting. I don't want to have to stand still with, you know, uh, my Fulmentaris, which are not in position yet, with my Destroyers, which are not in a Rhino. Everything in a Rhino is unaffected by Logos Lectora because it only affects your infantry. So your Rhinos still get to move and shoot and do whatever. So the way we had deployed, I kind of put two of my tax squads and my Suzerains and my Seekers on one side. My missile launchers were in the middle. And then my Fulmentaris and the other tax squad and the Dreadnought were on my right flank. And then when Josh went to deploy, he put his uh, infantry armored on the le- to his right, which would have been across from my my land raider with my suzerains. They kind of shouted each other, as far as like where y'all's infantry was, and yeah, pretty much. Uh, we ended up with our warlords on the same side, which helped with sl- slay the warlord. But slay the warlord didn't really matter because it's a secondary objective anyway. But uh, moving. To his left from that would have been the Land Raider Vanquishers, or Lehmanar's Vanquishers, with a unit of the Laser Destroyers. Then towards the middle, it was kind of this infantry blob that just continued through the rest of his deployment. Then he had Carnadons in the middle, Carnadons on his far left, and then the Lehmanar's Annihilators over there too. Yeah. What do you think, like, in this game, because, like, obviously we can't go the, through play-by-play play of the game and all that jazz, but as far as, like, what you learned in this game, like, what is, like, you're... Because ultimately at the end, y'all kind of called it, and it was, uh, you were in there. Yeah, all my rhinos, like, I my rhinos and my land raider clashed with his aurochs, and I just had as many dudes as he did, and my guys all had power axes, better than power axes, because they're at initiative. And so they just kind of kept going and that, that blob of infantry just pushed into his deployment zone. Uh, I was able to get my, uh, dreadnought and that rhino full of, uh, Marines on my right side that kind of went up and met him kind of at his deployment zone. So it kind of forced, it stuck him in his deployment zone over there. Yeah. You basically just like defensive lined him, like kept him in his deployment. I just just kind of boxed him in. It's just kind of how it ended up. Yeah. And that, that was just kind of like, I think it was a mixture of both his own tanks and just like trapping himself in along with yeah. your tanks. and Yeah, once those Carnadons start, started popping, he had to like move around them and that's, I think that's what slowed him down. Yeah. Which, it's a lot of stuff for him to like play with. Like all, like all that infantry and all that armor. So that's one of the things he was trying to get a hold handle on is like, do you hide them behind the tanks? Okay, well, here's the problem with that. Do you put them in front of the tanks? Okay, well, here's the problem with that. So he, he's just getting a feel for when to do what. And I just kind of was there to as like a simulation for him. Uh, 
I guess like now that you played against Solar Ox, like did you see anything new that you didn't expect or um I knew about the Vanquisher, but it it didn't like click until a squadron of three Vanquisher turrets just lit up those full Mentaris and deleted half the squad. More than half the squad. Oh, for sure. That yeah. and for those of you that don't know what Vanquishers do, so and, and definitely like if you don't know what a Vanquisher is, right? Vanquisher is that badass like long barrel tank. Originally in the old like Forge World, like Imperial Armor. Imperial Armor, these bad boys were like long barrel, the tank aces drove them, they shot them, like they were like I wanna say they were armor bane or they used They're to be armor bane. Fucking tanks. Yeah, they, they were like meant for like killing other tanks. Like so, that's why you had a Vanquisher. So- what I th- remember them being, I'm probably completely wrong, is in an edition where you had a five-inch template on your battle cannon, that was a three-inch template that was, like, stronger. Yes, 100%. And I, I, I want to say, and I could be wrong, I want to say it was Armor Bane, but, like, not Armor Bane. It was, like, the rules for Armor Bane. It was pre-Armor Bane. Bane. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was definitely one of those things where, like, the Vanquisher, it would just, like, snipe people. Like, they made Armor Bane for this gun. Yeah. So, so now... They made the Vanquisher Strength 9, AP 2, uh, Brutal 2. Heavy 2. Heavy 2. So now you get two shots, Brutal 2. It's it's doubling out Terminator, so they're not getting any, like, feel no pain or anything like that. But also, you, you're forcing two of those, uh, yeah. two of those saves with their, uh, yeah. uh, and they've with got, their they've got a, uh, coaxial mounted gun so you hit with the coaxial gun and then it makes your your main yes. gun twin linked yeah they have a coaxial auto cannon on them yeah which remember guys <laughs> remember listeners solar ox are Dang. ballistic skill three so they hit on fours yeah some of them can take upgrades with your your cohort doctrines where you can get benefits on certain things but not tanks yeah the, not the one he was running not any of them. Yeah, so first turn with that night fighting, these guys hit on fives. Yeah. So as much as I was, like, lamenting night fighting, as soon as the turn kicked over to him, I was like, okay, I want night fighting more turns. I want to get this night fighting's turn two. I will be okay. Yeah, you would rather be up in his face than handling business than shooting at each other yeah, well, all day. I'm still bliss skill four using my legion trait for plus ones. Yeah, no, all day. So it, it doesn't hurt me as much as it hurt him. And I was taking, you know, taking full advantage of that during a shooting phase. So, yeah. So, but circling back around to what a vanquisher can do, right? Yeah. So when your vanquisher is, they tag you just like an ultramarine unit does. They tag you with these coaxial auto cannons. They just have to hit you, right? Yeah. All they have to do is hit you with one of those hits and they get two shots, so they get two chances to hit you. Yep. And it's they need a four up, so they're gonna. It's a good chance. It's a oh, good, yeah. They're gonna hit you. So although the strength seven AP four auto cannon, I mean it will do maybe something. It's probably gonna push a wound to you, but maybe push a wound to you. Unlikely push a wound to you. You tag the unit. You twin link it. Well, you now you have a twin linked vanquisher, vanquisher cannon, cannon, which lets you mm. re-roll your your. Strength 9, AP 2, Brutal 2. Yeah. Heavy 2. Heavy 2. Yeah. So gun. Six shots. Just threw him down. Oh, look, he got a couple misses. Rerolls him. He gets all hits. Yeah. All hits. Go through. You've got five. Let's say five so, hits right, go. Not ones. Uh, he didn't roll any ones. And then it's like, okay, Derek, now go ahead and take five wounds and okay. uh, well, they're Brutal 2. 
This first guy takes two, roll two saves. Uh, they don't spill over if you're not familiar with Brutal. Right. That is one of the newer things for this edition. You throw your two dice, and if I don't make both of those cataphracty invuls, that guy's dead. Which is very likely that you will not make both of those invul saves. Yeah, I forgot it was Brutal after the first, like until the first three rolls, which I failed all three of them anyway. Yeah, so what's crazy about it, and like the combo, and like what makes it stack up, is the fact that it's doubling you out. Yes. So it's insta-killing Terminator equivalents. Yup. And also, they're having to test twice with their invulnerable save because it's pushing two wounds onto them. And so the likelihood of you failing is pretty high. So immediately, your 10-man squad went to what, five-man squad? Uh, It was a four-man squad. Oh, it was a four-man squad? Yeah. I want to say all six of them went through. Oh, So I remember getting three and then like, oh, actually, those are brutal. Doesn't matter. Failed them anyway. Those guys die harder. And then I rolled the other three. Yeah, that was a... Uh, that hurt. And then on top of that, Josh has multi-lasers on that unit, which are still strength six and so no slouches, but... Oh, yeah. Because they're defensive weapons, they can target the nearest infantry unit, and he was very good at doing that. Like, he was oh, yeah. very he, good at... Yeah, he's figured that out. Yeah, you, you can fire defensive... Because, like, obviously, you don't want to be firing all your vanquisher cannons and, and multi-lasers at all the Terminators you see. So what he was doing was unloading Vanquishers and then using the multi-lasers for other stuff. Yeah, and I like how they did that with the defensive weapons now. Yeah. How quickly did your target priority change when you saw the Vanquishers do that? Uh, the, mi- the minute that happened, I'm like, okay, what can I do about these Vanquishers? They're front armor 14. My missiles can't cut it. My last cannons are probably not going to cut it. I'm not going to be able to take them down before my Terminators are just gone. It's it's very crazy to me like how quickly armor 14 becomes a problem when you're only strength 8. Like yeah. a lot of people are like, oh yeah. oh yeah, I got anti-tank, I got strength 8. And then you're like, oh, I only got strength 8. Strength <laughs> 9 with Sunder would be a lot better right now. <laughs> yeah, that missile launcher good, but that last cannon would be a lot better. How many, how many points to give them all missile launchers? How many points did I spend on a five-man destroyer squad that don't do shit? <laughs> yeah, we're moving up to last cannon. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead and shuffle some stuff around here. And yeah. I think, I, thinking back on it now, I think one of the reasons I took the unit of destroyers was because I'd watched the Death of Hope. Oh, yeah. And one of the characters in that is like this badass destroyer sergeant with like a power axe. I'm like, that'd be a cool guy. Yeah, I bet I could paint that guy up. Mm. We kept referencing Death of Hope the entire time we were playing that game, too. Oh, yeah. The, like, Terminators walking. Because they had been shot with the Volkite. Like, the, the Volkite Charnadon Squadron. They just waded through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you brought up... Yeah, it was like that video of the Terminators just walking forward. And you just see their shields. Stuff's pinging off of their invul saves. I love... Don't even, don't even look at it. I love the way they walk in there. They're all, like, you know... Oh, they're like swinging, like they're doing the Vince McMahon walk. Yeah, the big, big <laughs> Vince McMahon walk, like back and forth. I, I love that walk. If you haven't seen Death of Hope, go watch it because I hope it's still on YouTube. You'll probably immediately go play a game after watching. There's the it. There's the Death of Hope trailer, which is like a siege of monarchy, uh, monarchia. Sure, it's the 500 worlds where the word bearers, Marbun is yeah, and the world eaters are just like kicking over Ultramar. Uh-huh. Uh Then there's the like a couple other that he did where it's like. A bunch of guys pit fighting. Yeah, this oh, one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one we're talking about the the prelude or the trailer where there's like people running. Yeah, there's like civilians, civilians fleeing because this is like the city streets, and it's just like world eaters, right? World eaters and ultramarines. Uh, world eaters and word bearers versus ultramarines. Yeah, and one of the dudes like he's covered in spikes and he just looks gnarly. It's like, oh, who's this dude? 
And then it like pans to his other shoulder pad and it's like, oh, that's a destroyer. <laughs> oh, this dude's an ultramarine. <laughs> oh my God. This dude's hard as fuck. But game wise, doesn't add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that only worked in the animation because they weren't shooting them with vanquisher cannons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I was looking at my Loki Taurus, which are two wounds, two up. They're basically Terminators without the invul. So I'm like, okay, well, as soon as he turns those vanquishers on these guys, it's going to be dunzo for them too. So I'm like, okay, these things are going to be a problem. As soon as he turns these on my suzerain, that's going to be it. Do you remember in a, a Horse Heresy 1.0 when uh, Meltabomb spam was the meta? Yeah. I think that's going to come back. Not as much as you might think. A lot of units like Loki Taurus can only take Meltabombs on the Sergeant. Oh, so you just had one Meltabomb? Uh, I was only supposed to have one Meltabomb. Sorry, Josh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so, oh, the plot so that, thickens. So that game, that <laughs> the victory is now null and void. Uh, there's a huge asterisk on that. I just, oh my goodness. <laughs> he so, says, oh, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm not going to hide it, all right? As soon as I found that out, I'm like, oh, okay. I wrote Meltabombs because the Meltabombs are on the Sergeant. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, man. Oh, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> I, I will be the first to just go ahead and wipe that L off or wipe that W off. Oh, That's... man. <laughs> this is big ouchie, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you hate you hate to see that happen. <laughs> Bro, I was legit thinking. I was like, dang, bombs are back, baby. So, Which is weird because you can clearly tell this edition that they took all of the, like, all of the pitfalls from last edition and just like didn't even give them the chance to come forward. So I was really surprised when I saw you using that many melt bombs. Like, okay, I guess I'll melt the bombs. Okay. Back. Well, so the issue, my seekers have them on the whole squad and I believe my destroyers have them on the whole squad, but jump infantry. It's really hard to get them on or what? And they're like assault squads. No, sir. Not, no. not anymore. <laughs> no, you can't have 12 inch movement and, uh, and have melt bombs. No, sir. Can't do it. Okay. okay. By thunder hammers. Good on them. Good on them, because... So, uh, when your opponent melt bombs your face off, just ask him real quick, hey, is that on everybody, or is that just on the sergeant? Okay, okay. Because that, uh, that was a huge... That would have made a huge difference there. Yeah, I mean, everybody else still would have had their crack grenades and rear armor, but... melt bombs are pretty It would not have been as devastating to those vanquishers as that unit was with hypothetical squad-wide melt bombs Okay, fair enough. It's a big ouchie, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's my B. So just... Uh, what else? So full of Mataris, good to go. Yeah. A plus, because they got the Metal Gear Solid Nikita <laughs> missiles, missiles on them, right? Yeah, so if they don't move, they take... Uh, was it Night Vision and Guided Fire? Yeah, I heard about the Guided Fire and looked up the Guided Fire... Yeah, because apparently somebody it causes issues in Zomortalis. Yeah, they were talking about <laughs> how one of the guys took it in Zomortalis, and I was like, "Wait, what does it do?" And they're like, "Oh, well, you don't need line of sight. You don't need to be able to see." There's like, it like basically it just like can go through hallways and like just like snakes. rules is written. It, it finds just, a vent. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was saying. <laughs> like, and I was thinking like, remember Metal Gear Solid? Yeah, the Nikita missile. The yeah, the guided <laughs> missile. 
shit. It just like you, just you could turn somewhere. Hope it. they don't find you. Hope they don't find you. And just guide it down the hallway so you can turn <laughs> off, blow up the conduit so it unelectrifies the floor, and just straight into every soldier's dick you could find. That's hundred <laughs> percent. That was my game. Like right at the end, just that little, the little. <laughs> <laughs> just straighten their dick as soon as you, they, like, they went. Hey man, just because that's how you played Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, dude, I, <laughs> I I have sniped a bunch of white soldiers, like you know the whole like snow soldiers yeah, clad the, the camo camo dicks. Like, was, <laughs> we, we shot so many dicks with Nikita. Missiles. Bet it'd be funny if I just took this took this rocket launcher and just guided it right up Main Street <laughs> and. You do that last little thrust and right in the dick. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because it has like a thrust you can do. So it's yeah. like you just do it just so that extra little impact. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get at those soldiers psychologically, you know. <laughs> when they found old uh, Remus on the ground, his dick was blown off. <laughs> they found <laughs> found him from the knees down. <laughs> I'm like, still alive, from the, from but the I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm still alive, but I wish I wasn't. <laughs> Oh, Sniper uh, Wolf saved me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, Sniper Wolf just hits everybody who comes trying to help him. <laughs> so messed up. Oh my God. So yeah, Fulamentars, good. Yeah, the so the plasma missiles, what everybody's talking about, the Strength 8 AP2 ones. The other ones, they're Strength 5 AP4, heavy for uh, pinning. What are these? Bre- breaching six. So there's the two missiles. They've got the plasma oh, missiles. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They have the splinter missiles. Uh, when I finally got them where I needed them and they just like set up and were able to use their targeters, I unloaded that into a squad of the laser destroyer rapiers and it just, boom. 40 shots. Yes. Ballista skill five. I think they should have minus one ballista skill if they don't have line of fire. Because yeah. blue skill five without line of fire with the, with forty missiles at strength five, like it's a lot of dice. But they also don't get to move. But at the same time, well, yeah, they don't have to move. They move into your opponent's turn. Does the range? Does the range change? Yeah, actually, the splinter missiles are longer range. They're thirty six inches. Wait, how long? How much range is the? The plasma missiles are only twenty four. Oh, oh, yeah, that's not range. very good. No. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why they move first turn to get in to get that twenty four inch range. Yeah, otherwise the no man's land is twenty four inches. There's no way they'd be able to hit. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no splinter missiles. I did. I did see those do work uh, from the tyrants in a game that I watched. Yeah. But like that is kind of a. I saw both of those be used against solar ox, and like the obviously. Missiles like that are yeah. going to be good against Solar Ox or Mechanicum. Yeah, well, anything AP4 and Toughness 3. Yeah, well, anything I shot them at that wasn't a Lehman Russ, they did great. Yeah, pretty much. But, but the, the Russes, man, I just didn't have enough LAS cannons. Yeah, little people do. Few people do, right? That's yeah. a... Very few people prepare for six-plus tanks. Yeah. Six-plus AV-14. Mm. I, think, I think you're seeing a lot of... Uh, like Cody runs at Land Raider heavy list. It's oh, yeah. a lot Hella of Land Raiders. A lot of hit, like a lot of AV fourteen, and like I think there's just a certain level. It's like I can only kill so much armor value fourteen. Yeah. Before it's like my unit that's dedicated to that gets wiped off the board. Right. Because when you're running four or five Land Raiders, okay. You first thing you do is you wipe the last cannon squad. 
Yes. Anything like, yeah. Yeah. Cause like, like I think that's kind of like what a, a good play, right. Is if you're going to run a, cause that's like, frankly, you know, I run blood angels on breakthrough. Mm-hmm. That's my first primary target is anti-tank and anything that's anti-tanks got to go. Right. Yeah. I can not know, have room on the table for both of us. <laughs> as long as I'm not, you know, initial Ding around and <laughs> showing people my, my bolter side, right? Like, Ooh, I think we're okay. So I'm just going to point the AV 13 at you all the time. And, uh, whenever you move at me, I'm, I'm backing the F up. Right. Yeah. Just throw it in reverse. So, so yeah, I think, uh, Armor value is getting interesting right now because there's a lot of... And I think it always has been, though. Oh, yeah. Like, even in Heresy 1.0, it's definitely one of those things where uh, the higher armor is going to start... You're going to see that creeping more and more into the meta. Which I'm surprised we don't see more Spartans, but I think they're just so expensive. That's why you don't see them. Yeah, that's, that could be one thing because a Land Raider is the same armor value for cheaper. But Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember this game. I'm just bad because, like, when you're in, like, when I'm in the game, like, I'm focused in the moment, and then it just drains me mentally, and it's just, it's not conducive for me remembering. Yeah, no, but so, like, I remember. Your That's why I, like, try to write my rules down because I'm not going to remember after two turns. Yeah, no, your, your fellow Mentaris did good. Uh, your Caesarean obviously murdered the shit out of people, which, I Yeah, mean, they ran out of the Land Raider, and they just kept charging dudes. Borderline war crime. Um, your... Contemptor, I noticed, <laughs> did not do so hot. It did okay. He did great. He charged two of those Russ Annihilators and put some wounds in them. Yeah, yeah. I think he blew one of them up with his Gravis Fist. Yeah, with Strength 9. Yeah, hitting them rear armor when you're charging the front of them, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Contemptor, I expected more, but also... I think I think I expect him to be more durable than he was. D- more durable? You saw everything he soaked up, but, you know... Yeah, but it wasn't a ton of shots at him, though. Um, and then, A whole bunch of last cannon shots. Yeah, it was a whole bunch of last cannon shots. Um, face tanking those annihilators. It's just weird seeing him have a toughness now because I'm a big fan of fishing, right? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love fishing, so, like, I, like, throwing bolters and throwing everything at that toughness seven, hot. I'm a huge fan of doing that. Mm. I don't know, just rear armor 10 on the rust, though. That's... Uh, that hurts when you get charged. Yeah, but I think it's kind of one of those things where well, you can you can pierce it with a bayonet. Your space marine bayonets are strength five. And but also, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, does a rust need to leave the deployment zone? Ever? Uh, it depends on the rust. Like you can. Does out- the last cannon rust need to leave the deployment zone? Does the vanquisher rust need to leave the deployment zone? I mean, it depends on the terrain setup. Because I always look at it like a warlord titan. You never see a warlord titan unless it has the close combat weapon. You don't. Nobody has you to put move two it. close combat weapons on them. And that was like the big thing that Ryan always said was that like you could just have a like a a paper that says warlord titan. That's just like two feet for a warlord. Uh, like just like a cardboard th- cutout. Yeah, there's a titan here. Okay. Yeah, because I'm not going to move it. I'm not going to touch it. You're just going to have to deal with this weapon. It's like a fortification. Like, uh, there's not really any reason to come outside of your deployment zone. So, yes, AV-10 does suck on Russes. But at the same time, if people are shooting your armor value 10 or if they're in close combat with you, then your Russes probably were in a bad situation to begin with. Yeah, I don't know. I think just what had happened was he was trying to hide his infantry behind the tanks. 
Yes. And that's why they were so far forward to make room for the infantry behind them. Yeah. And and obviously armored support can't live without infantry support. That's like war rules, right? You're not allowed to have your tanks out there without people with your tanks. Maybe. I'm not familiar with the uh, rules of engagement. <laughs> but I mean, either way, either way. But so, yeah. Armor value fourteen. I don't yeah. think it's any, oh, any yeah. mystery. Yeah, I was I was charging him because it's the only thing I could do to him. Yeah, and I mean at the same time you have to get in his deployment zone, right? That's the whole yeah. mission. So it was you kind of got the benefit of both worlds. Was you got to? Oh yeah, yeah. Dreadnought just ran up and then moved up and charged, and I think I got a lucky charge with him because that movement eight you get plus one. That's another big thing for the new edition is your movement value can give you bonuses to your charge. Yes. So your assault marines, that twelve inch movement, you get plus two to your charge. Uh, your dreadnoughts get plus one. Basically, anything more movement than seven, which is your standard uh, space marine movement, gets pluses. And then also, run is dookie now. It's not terrible. It's not good. Well, so your marines are getting four extra inches instead of d six. So your Ox are getting two extra inches instead of... Yeah, it hurts for ox. I mean, if you think about, like, a superhuman, yeah, they have, you know, double hearts, and so they can run all they want, whereas, like, a poor solar auxilla clad in his <laughs> clad in his scuba gear has to... <laughs> Old-school diving helmet. You're, you're having him run across a battlefield. He's already sweating. With his... You it's know, not ventilated. 80-pound suit and, you know, 40-pound gun <laughs> and his rations for two days. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely hurts their mobility for sure. <laughs> Please, it's so hot in here. Well, Just kill I, me. Well, keep in mind, I also play Space Wolves, and all Space Wolves that can run can run and charge. So my Gray Slayers are basically movement 11. Like the 7-inch plus 4-inch. That's huge. Especially when you throw in that charge on top of it. They cover a lot of ground. Better than jump packs. <laughs> They're just flying at that point. So, if you put jump packs on them, fun fact. <laughs> they get disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> They're basically that orc from like a few editions back. <laughs> oh, God. The, the, the truck that moves forward yeah. hits the, like, the minefield that was set down by the old whirlwind. Yes. And that causes the, like the thing that destroys it, and then it careens. For nobody, for people that don't know what we're oh, talking yeah. about, the back fifth in like, edition, the the world's fastest orc. Yeah, back in 2010, somebody did the math on how to get the fastest model in in 40k, and it turns out it was an orc truck that ran over a mine. And uh, uh, yeah, because the, the whirlwind at the time, there was the like the missiles it could shoot, or it could throw down a, a three or a five inch template of mines that became mines. So you do that, and then the orc truck drives over it. It's full movement, hits that. You need that to destroy the orc truck, and then you roll on the special the ramshackle. Orc, yeah, the ramshackle table. And if you get the one of the results was Kareen, so you roll like a scatter die, or I think it just yeah, it's a scatter dice with two d six to continue moving or something like that. Yeah, so it just basically like when something's destroyed in Titanicus and it just like stumbles and falls over. Yeah, people would do that. Like, well, this was the idea. It was like if yeah. you got all of those rolls properly, you could move an if orc the like stars aligned, sixty inches or something like that. Because it could it was, also because open top, so it could jump out at the end of that. Well, no, no, because it was open topped. After that, he could charge. Yeah, yeah, but like that's the whole thing. It was like 
Because he gets kicked out of it because it blew up, and then he gets to charge out of it if he didn't get pinned. Or he or might actually got to move it, move from it too. It's chaos. It was insane. It, it, it was it was a long time ago, but yeah, it was some insane movement of just this this orc with like his cheeks flapping like a bulldog, <laughs> just soaring across the table. Yeah, it's just space wolves now. Space wolves get to do all that. No, that's all right. Space wolves can't have jump packs because Russ didn't say Russ said not to do that or some stupid bullshit they made up. Wait, can you not have jump packs? Well, for the longest time in 40k, it they was couldn't like, deep strike. Well, no, you're you had to take bikers, and uh-huh. then you could pay points to replace their bike with a jump pack. Oh, dude! And that's why I never had space wolves assault marines. Can you have them now? Yeah, it's called sky claws or something like that. Eventually, they took that fluff away, and it's like, all right, cool. <laughs> Can space wolves teleport now? Still, like now, or uh, do they take that fluff away? Uh, they're not trusting teleporting. I don't know. I know they don't have it. I don't think anybody's got it in 30k right now, except for that warmonger homie. Yeah. Well, that's a, he has deep strike. What they used to be able to do is while on the table, you make a psychic check. And then if you succeed, the unit just gets to deep strike. It was the 13th company from the eye of terror book instead of the regular space wolf power, which was the like smoke cloud. Okay. They got to just teleport that unit. Okay. So that okay, maybe it's still in a fluff. Who knows? I even through I all know. the horse heresy books, I still haven't seen anything that says why they don't like to teleport. Maybe it's that fear that I have of teleportation. That oh, where you're gonna get stuck halfway in something and that's gonna be your life. No, you're dead. Like my theory is, when you teleport, it just kills you. And oh, then, like the Star Trek theory. Yeah, you just come back a new person who doesn't know they were killed. The the fan theory that has way more support in like the show than you'd ever think. Yeah, I would be a like, like with how many episodes where the plot is like a teleport incident happened and now there's just two of a guy. Yeah, in my mind, when I'm 70 years old and they're like, Dad, Grandpa, why don't you just teleport to the store? I'm like, because I ain't, I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. They ain't killing me. God gave me legs. I'm going to use them. <laughs> exactly. You're not my grandson. <laughs> You're not my grandson. <laughs> You're my, my grandson grand died the first time he went to H-E-B. <laughs> he died from that, from that, teleport. From that teleport one, even though I told his mom not to buy one. Don't think I'm not on to you. <laughs> that's going to be me. I'll never teleport. <laughs> hey, that's a real fear. It's like, because how would you know? No, you wouldn't. You could never know. No, you should be uh, dead. The, of course, the guy who comes out the other side says it's cool. Yeah, it's a whole different guy. But anyway, what a sec! Like, what a what a what a thought train. How do we get here? Uh, we're talking about space wolves. Okay. Well, so logos Lectora, right? Uh, I didn't use it all game. Every turn, at the start of my turn, I looked at the table. I said, "Do I want to use the shooting bonus?" But none of my guys get to walk. No, don't want to do that. Do I want the bonus to my weapon skill and charge? But I get minus one ballistic skill. No, I definitely don't want to do that. So, no, I'm not going to use Lotus Lectora this turn. Just every turn, I made that decision, and it just did me no benefit all game. So, I think it was just an issue with, like, my list. I didn't build four Logos Lectora. Because, so, like, the, the the Assault Squad, the Lokitari, if I hadn't had that unit then I would be more inclined to use the shooting benefit earlier rounds because everything I need to charge is in a rhino or a land raider. So their rhino is not affected by it. So their rhino can move all day. And then that gives me the bonus on my Fulmentaris and my missile launchers. So just thinking about it right now. So like, I guess, you know, 
if I were to combine what you learned from this game and what you saw from this game, like obviously tanks at 14 is going to be an issue mm-hmm. and night fighting is going to be an issue. Not for me so much. Well, I mean, like if somebody could see at night, you'd be oh, if I was playing as night Lords and they're like, Oh, we just, we just enforce night fighting for the first three turns or something like that. And they can see at night and, and their vehicles can see at night. And yeah, like, 15, even if you were able to shoot them, you're going to have issues shooting them. So yeah. is that, is that why everybody's talking about night Lords are an issue? And I think it's like even the night Lords uh, armored company is an issue. That's part of it. Or armor so, breakthrough. So the Night Lords list that I'd played at Warzone, it was a really tuned list. So the event, it was like a three thousand point event, and then they also had fifteen hundred point Zomortalis. Uh-huh. And I'd made my Space Wolves list, my fifteen hundred point list, where it fits in an allied detachment. Uh-huh. So uh if somebody had that fifteen hundred point list for Zomortalis and then they wanted to play outside Zomortalis, boom, Space Wolves Allied Detachment, there's your three thousand point list. Don't worry about my warlord trait. I'm an allied detachment. We're just good to go. Okay. So it ended up being me and a Salamanders player playing its Night Lords. Uh, just give me the highlights. What they have? They had what's what's the right of war where you have to have a librarian and a chaplain, but he's your librarian, a cool psychic psychic discipline. No idea, but sounds cool. I think it's awakening fire. Okay. And so then, clearly they're fighting you at night. Oh, three, three turns of night fight. So, so all of you are like bad ballistic skill, right? So the one thing the awakening fire does for you is you ignore modifiers to your leadership when you take pinning checks, which ended up being a huge boon to uh, Jeremy, the guy who was playing salamanders. But the night lords list it was like I think a big ass Death Star of Raptors with curs in it. Oh, so they're pushing fear, and they're using they're using the minus one for night fight. They're just no. stacking penalties. Okay, that makes sense. They had two units of I think fifteen terror squads, and it's or I think it was sixteen. It was a very specific number that's meant to outnumber most things you see. So that was the goal was just to outnumber you enough to scare you off the board. The well, booga list. Their, their legion trait was a t- is a talent for murder. So if they outnumber you, they can they get plus one to wound. Yeah. So when you have uh, sixteen guys who all have rotor cannons and volkite. Yeah. Because so that plus one is when they're shooting at you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Weird. Now, it used to only be for In a few combat. units. Yeah. For yeah. Now it's when shooting. Yeah. So the idea is night fighting minus one leadership fear uh, fear three from curs so minus four to your leadership. Hit you with a rotor cannon, shell shock. You're at minus even more to your leadership. So roll snake eyes or get pinned. And a talent for murder applies if your target is pinned. So it was just, I'm going to pin all of your stuff. And then I'm not going to care about reactions anymore. Reactions are no longer a thing you get to do because anything you want to react with is pinned. Mm. Okay. okay. And, and that was kind of a thing. We, like the rules were starting, like leaks were filtering out. And we're like, oh, reactions are a thing. Can't react if you're pinned. Oh, look at this new special rule, shell shock. Pinning's gonna be a new like pinning's gonna play a bigger role now. Cause if you've played last edition, you probably don't haven't seen anything get pinned ever. It's like, oh, I'm a space marine. I don't get pinned. <laughs> I never been pinned a day in my life. Anything I can throw myself behind is going to be less cover than the armor I'm wearing. Yeah. So that list was really annoying. It, just because he, thankfully, it wasn't as bad because he got to basically be stubborn 
from his right of war, which is really funny to see that like the night Lords player was not expecting that to happen. It was like that list was tuned mm-hmm. for this event. Uh, but another issue was the night Lords advanced reaction. So when you declare your charge targeting night Lords once per game, they can have that unit move as if they like, like fall back as if they fail a morale check. So they just get to move 2d6 away. Okay. And so they just like, now nah, we'd rather shoot you. Okay, so now the fire drakes are close enough to charge me. All right, cool. Go ahead and try to charge me. Psych, I'm going to run away. <laughs> Later, wiener. <laughs> and then they're bounced. Yeah. Uh, so one, fr- one thing about that, if you are using that, when you fall back, you have to move towards your board edge. You can't just move directly away. So you have to be like mid-table. Yeah. you could... Screw yourself on that. Yeah, because what had happened was he had moved them away from the fire drakes directly instead of towards his table edge, which is where I'd outflanked a bunch of space wolves. Oh, so he should have moved them towards your space wolves, your hungry, hungry space wolves. Kurz would have killed them all anyway. Oh. It wouldn't have mattered. So in hindsight, not a huge deal. But just something to remember in the future. Oh, yeah. That was like, okay, because I'm like, I'm not going to let this happen to me again. Fair enough. Okay, now I was curious about that because I saw how yeah. devastating like night when, fighting was. When you have yeah, so imagine you're trying to shoot them, but you're at minus one bliss skill, feeling like an ox, and then oh, they get this dope shrouded roll. I'm just a people. Yeah, it. I excel at everything, but it, it can get but very. It gets out of control really quickly. <laughs> and then the armored list, I haven't seen the like that dedicated list, but. The idea is for 15 points, you can put Prey Sight on any Night Lord's unit, which gives them night vision. Right. Night vision, if you're not if you're not familiar, it removes the uh, the minus one, one ballista skill. skill. I think it removes the 24 inch range capa- like range maximum. It also prevents your target from using shrouded. Yes. So no cover saves and. Yeah. No. No shrouded Korax. No evade. Yeah. So I think that's a little bit much. I think Prey Sight should not turn off Shrouded. But uh, it is what it is. Basically, you're just giving every weapon, like, ignore cover saves. If I seem like I'm pretty bad, like pretty down on Night Lords, I got bad touched by Night Lords. That's what's going on. <laughs> I, like, I, I have Night Lords. Like, I've, I've got an army, army of Night Lords that I'm just like, like, I've got Kurs. I've got, what, 30 Night Raptors? Mm-hmm. It's just a little much for me, man. Yeah. What do you think they should do? You think they should uh, nerf Night Lords, or you think they should step off off of night night fighting, or do you think they should bring everybody up to let them do better in uh, night fighting? I don't know. Except that, for that, Ox, Ox, you can't. That's a Ox. tough call because, like, I don't want to just like nerf something that somebody spent a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of time painting up and all this stuff. Oh, but they will. Well, I mean, we got to make room for these new jet bike rules. That's true. Otherwise, how are they going to sell these jet bikes? Yeah, sell them jet bikes. Because I don't know. I don't see anybody like wanting new jet bikes right now. I don't know who these jet bikes are for. But I don't know. Like, we'll, we'll circle back around to like what we do about stuff like that. Because there's there's been some things going on. Some people have been like so, some people spent more time thinking about it than I have. Mostly, what I've been thinking about with the new edition is weird rules interactions that are inconsistent with the writing stuff like 
Uh, I've got a whole like Google Docs list of hypothetical FAQ questions that you put on like a cake if you wanted to. Yeah, if I had some kind of like confection, some like baked good uh-huh. that had a, a large surface area that you could use to like store information. Yes, and, and then they could use that. They could say, "Oh, thank you for bringing these to my attention." And also, this is probably the nicest way you could bring it to my attention because I yeah. also get to enjoy this in sheet cake format. Right now, the issue Friday. is this Google Doc I've got is eleven pages, and I'm not halfway through the Liber Imperium yet. Oh, <laughs> that's a that yeah. is a, that's a, got a smell so, of the. The tism. Yeah, so if, if you want to have, you know, just like a taste, it's like if I have multiple reactions in the movement phase, if my opponent moves one of their units within 12 inches of multiple of my units, can multiple units react to that one triggering unit? I think that's a valid question. I think that's going to come up more often than it's going to not come up. Now, some of these things you can tell I'm getting a little nitpicky because I'm a little frustrated with the inconsistency of language in these books. Like, things like if you have a warlord trait where the warlord's unit, the first reaction they take doesn't count towards your maximum, Mm -hmm. what happens if it already would not count? Like, what if they have, not a nuncio box, an augury scanner, Uh and they want an interceptor, so that doesn't count? But that was their first reaction. Does that reaction double don't count? And then they're out their warlord trait? Yes. Rules is written. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, that's still in the list. Even though rules is written, I can figure out a thing. Just because I kind of want to drive the point home that I'm I'm not happy with the quality of internal consistency. <laughs> you just... <laughs> that In that case, you're creating a problem where it didn't exist. Where it's like... Yeah, nobody's asking these questions but me because I'm trying to be pedantic about it. <laughs> it's like, was that your first one? Was that your, was that your first uh, reaction? It sure was. Well, good. You don't have to count it. It's like, but I already didn't have to count it. Well, you well, still don't have to. Good news. That was already allowed. <laughs> what about my next one? No, that'd be your second reaction. Your second reaction <laughs> totally counts. Read the rules, man. Read the rules, bro. I don't know how to break this to you. <laughs> yeah, stuff like, oh, the rules... The only reason you can't shoot a unit in a transport is because you don't have line of fire to them. Because when you have to measure to a unit, you can measure to their transport. Yeah, and, yeah, and the unit's technically not there, I guess. So if I had a unit with, like, guided fire where they don't need line of sight... Can you go through the cupola into the transport? I'm not trying to argue that I can do that. <laughs> don't think... Don't misquote me and say I'm trying to say that Fulmentar should be able to do that. I'm just pointing out that the rules... <laughs> are not written well enough to explicitly forbid that. If somebody uh, wanted, Please, sir, please leave Warhammer World. <laughs> if I have to get kicked out of Warhammer World to get a, a quality FAQ, I will take that bullet. I will dive on that grenade. Uh, sir, this is a Wendy's? <laughs> I said I don't need line of sight. <laughs> uh, sir, this is a Wendy's? I've got page numbers and receipts, sir. <laughs> Like I said, Andy Hoare isn't here. <laughs> Can we get you anything from the forge roll section? <laughs> Did you want to use your tickets on, the, on this? Yeah. I don't know why I thought Warhammer World, like in my head, was like a, oh, like, a, a theme chu- park. like a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> no, but it should be. Like, you just got like a bunch of tickets in your hand. <laughs> oh, dude, Dad says we can go to Warhammer World this summer. Oh, yeah. Which ride do you want to ride? <laughs> Oh, that'd be excellent. 
So. God, if only. So yeah. So anyway. So yeah, a good that, game. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely a good game. And you learn some stuff. Definitely learn some stuff. Kill vanquishers ASAP. Uh, don't sleep on them vanquishers, because they will put me to bed. <laughs> Sorry for everybody who's using vanquishers. Oh, and hoping nobody knows about them. Yeah, because they know about them now. Well, like I said, I read them. I was like flipping through when the book came out. I'm like, vanquishers seems pretty. They seem pretty tight. And Josh was like, Oh, they're hella tight. And I just never internalized that it's an anti-Terminator unit. I was like, oh, that's cool for, you know, throwing a bunch of armor vein shots into a tank. Like mm-hmm. Strength 9, armor vein will get the job done. Yeah, Brutal will get the job done. Which, night fighting is the only reason I had a Land Raider turn two. 100%. But, yeah, okay. It's good at killing Terminators. Also good at killing tanks. Oh, yeah. As good as the last game, killing tanks. Yeah, if night fighting hadn't been a thing, that'd been a very different game because my suzerain had been walking. It, it would it would just been a complete game changer. So, other than games you got in, have you been working on anything? Uh, I've been just hard hard painting ultramarines. Hard painting ultramarines, which uh, look great, by the way. Thank you, thank you. A lot of people complimented my blue. It's a very striking blue. Uh, if you want to copy my blue, it's a take, handsome blue. Just go take twenty dollars, go down to the local Michaels or Hobby Lobby, and get you a pot of white ink and a pot of blue ink, and like a black to base coat stuff with. Okay, the white ink. I don't think too many people are gonna be yelling at the podcast to ask you about your white ink, but definitely people are gonna know exactly what blue ink they need to get. Oh, is it Dollar Roundly Dollar? Uh, it's whatever the blue India ink is. Okay. Okay. That's fair enough. That's easy enough. Blue India ink. That's, that's good. Cause there's tons of blue ink out there. You know that, right? You know, that's a thing where like, there's like Vallejo ink. There's like, no, this was like a pot of calligraphy ink that has the dropper in the lid. Yeah. Yeah. Like like, this was like a $5 maybe pot of ink. And you're spraying that on or what? Pretty much. Are you like Zenithal with the white ink? Or are you? Yes. Yeah, so what I'm doing is I'm I'm priming it black, and then I'm taking that white ink and I'm watering it down as much as I can get away with before it just starts going out of control. And I'm just slowly building up my layers and doing kind of like an intentional Zenithal where I'm just putting volume in. Yeah. So like on the legs, I'll figure out where the highlight goes, and then I'll just lay in that line of where that brightest light's going to be. Yes, that's what I do here. Yeah. yeah. And so try to get like just get your volume. For uh-huh. your lighting in. And then once that's set up and just kind of, it looks good, like a good grayscale. Uh, you aim, if you're if you're using this as a tutorial, you want to aim for a little more contrast than you're comfortable with. Because every other step you do is going to tone that contrast down. When you throw in that blue filter, it's going to tone that contrast down. When you put on a gloss so you can do your transfers, it's going to tone that down. When you matte it after you do your transfers, it's going to tone that down. So you really want to push that contrast from like the first step. If you push it too hard, you can clean it up later a lot easier than it would be to put it back in. Yeah, because you'll just be able to tone it down. Yeah, yeah. Just more of that ink and then like a, like that blue ink and then like a drop of white. So you're saying get crazy with the contrast. So like get crazy with just, your white and black. You want your highlights to be pure white. And you want your darkest shadow to be pure black. And then you come in with the now, ink. Like, like every surface doesn't need to have both white and black on it. But you just want to like identify where like like the inside of the leg that's not going to be that's going to be furthest from the highlight. 
that's you're gonna be black. Okay. No, they look good. They look good. A very, very handsome blue. Thank you. And then I like how I do my golds too. Like one of the reasons I picked Ultramarines, uh, it's not gonna be for just dick stomping Josh with Fulmentaris, despite <laughs> what he says. Uh, I I picked them because I think I do a good blue and I think I do a really good gold and I think with this list I can swing for best painted. Like yeah. it's not best painted at the event right now, but right now it is best painted on my table and that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to see your gold, like what had gold on it that was uh... Uh, the only thing that really had gold was the one suzerain that I'd done up with the gold. Gotcha. Okay, because I was looking at your Praetor and I was like. Bro, we need to talk about your gold. No, my Praetor is not <laughs> gold. My Praetor is hit with 10 bits right now. <laughs> That's exactly uh, right. I, I've got, the, so for my gold, I've got the scale 75 decayed metal, which is kind of like a 10 bits, like a, like a poop brown metal. Yes. And I use that as my gold base. Or I guess the, the Games Workshop equivalent would be the Castlex bronze. I'm not sure what the new color is. I know 10 bits is the old Citadel range. Uh, if you're if you're like batch painting a bunch of metallics, it's rustoleum, uh, dark, dark hammered copper, I think. Okay. And that was the base for the Warmaster. Okay. And that saved a whole bunch of time doing that because it's just in a rattle can. Uh, yeah, Castellax bronze is pretty good. Okay. It's just that, kind of like brown. Rhinox hide but metallic. Yeah. So I do that. And then I just come in with the Retributor armor and put in my highlights. I just kind of like an edge highlight areas that are like hit with the most gold or hit with the most light. I, I put a little more of that on. Looks good. 3D printed. Uh, the example shown. Yeah, you can see the, stri- <laughs> the, the striations on it. Yeah, well, I'm not hiding the fact that I 3D print all my stuff. Like, No, no, no. You're good. I guess that'd be one like like a good topic is like what what to do when you are three D printing all your stuff like how to not be a jerk about it. Oh, why do we even have to have the conversation? Like, why are you asking your homie if he's three D printing his stuff while you're playing a game? Oh, I'm not. I don't. Okay, I don't think anybody does. If I'm asking, I'm like, hey, where is that three D printed? Can you hook a brother up with them files because that looks dope? <laughs> I don't think anybody's denying games if like somebody's like, I three yeah. D printed my whole army. It's like, yeah. well, I bought mine, so you know what. Cancel this game. (laughs) But I can see the other side of that where if you're playing an event at like a friendly local shop and you've got a 150 3D printed Space Wolves and everyone's like, oh, those guys are dope. And you're like, yeah, I just 3D printed them all because I'm smart and I didn't spend money on them. These guys all came in a bottle. Then from the perspective of like the person running that friendly local gaming shop, it's like, hey, man, I'm trying to move some product here. Oh, yeah. Can you not? be like super vocal to everybody about how you're just 3d printing stuff and not spending a dime. Yeah. You probably shouldn't be at your local shop telling people that you are pumping out. You have your own micro forge (laughs) at your house. I've got the print farm, just industrial churning out (laughs) Marines. See that model on the, on the, see that model on the wall right there behind the counter, that box, that new box that came out. Yeah. Those files were on the market six months ago. Yeah. That thing that says 160 bucks up there. Yeah. I got the, you could print that for like $11 yeah. and you just have to give up a little bit of your life on the back end with the, I'm assuming we'll be mesothelium at some point. <laughs> God, any day now, any day now. we're going to get those law commercials any day now. I can feel it. That's but, what games workshop should be pushing. 
<laughs> oh yeah, three, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what asbestos? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. That's been a thing. Like the conversation of what is Games Workshop going to do in the future? Because this technology is only going to get better and more accessible and higher fidelity and less toxic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was one of the thoughts: is like make your Games Workshop storefront a print-on-demand service. I think that conversation's happening. Happening. I mean, they have. They're a publicly traded company, uh-huh. so they have investors. They yes. have to have. I mean, they have a board. Oh, yeah. These people, they have to go to like, like when obviously the, I'm guessing when when uh, re, the, resin recasting was a thing that yeah. was a conversation they had to happen. Yep. And there's no way they don't have because they're using it too, right? I mean, there's already been proven that Forge World is Bro, using 3D. I've, I've got a recast of a Forge World cast of a Titan that has print lines on it. Yeah. But it's the, got striations on it. But that's the thing. Where the it's master like, was hundred percent 3d printed. They know they see the problem. And if it's not affecting their bottom line that much yet, then they, they I'm assuming they have some sort of plan. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I know towards the early, uh, early adoption of 3d printing, they'd have to see it as, okay, well the people who are spending money on this hobby, some of them are moving to 3d printing, but most of the 3d printing we're seeing is people who would not be buying stuff anyway. Yeah, and the early on, that's fine. Because I feel like we're not their target demographic. No, their target demographic is people getting into the hobby. Which is like the 15, 16, 17-year-olds, right? 13-year-olds, right? Yeah. Like, they're not building these storefronts for, you know, 34-year-old Michael to come in there and say, hey, I want to buy this, I need this. No, they're building their storefronts for younger generation who probably isn't going to be able to convince their parents to have a resin printer inside their house to crank it out model. So yeah, I think as long as that market doesn't like, if there isn't a, my first resin printer, <laughs> like no. No, no. I think they're okay. Just because of the, uh, kind of the bad press that yeah. resin printers get. So yeah, like I'm, I'm not against 3d printing obviously, but at some level, if we just completely take the market away from them, then we stop getting Warhammer stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's how it is. So, and I, like I said, I will. Or I'm a big fan of the buy the model and upgrade it with resin printed pieces. Yeah, I don't think they should be mad about that. No, but I will say the new plastics coming out of Games Workshop, the quality of the kits themselves. Not talking about the quality of like the the ideas or the sculpts or the whatever the new Primaris unit is that looks like trash. Mm-hmm. The but the kits they go together really good. Like. I've had a few friends get into Warhammer recently, like 40K, and they've had me, some of their kits that they're not as confident building. I put together the new Chaos Knight Abominant. That that kit was a pleasure. It was lovely to put together. I had a good time with it. Yeah, I'm loving the new Rhinos. Yeah. The new DMS Rhinos. Oh, yeah, the new Heresy Vehicles, too. They just, they're, they're wonderful. It was a good experience. So... I mean, they are putting out a quality plastic kit that resin can't really compete with as far as making, like putting a model to it, the hobby of modeling. Yes. Like there's a whole market of people who buy model kits that don't have a game attached. Yeah. So it's so not probably not as big as Warhammer coming from old school forge world demos kit. Oh God. To new plastic demos kit to new plastic Sakarian upgrades, Sakarian to new plastic, you know, Spartan. You know, like, okay, so just so, like, this is, okay. The, the ones that come with bottoms. I'm going to let y'all know a little secret about Michael over here. Oh, yeah? All right? 
I've got a roommate named Jake. Yeah. Okay. What's Jake doing? Jake puts together all my shit. Oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Jake. Hey, that's fine. I don't like assembling models. I don't like, uh, (laughs) I don't like getting headaches from accelerator. (laughs) Like I just, I don't, I don't enjoy that part of the hobby unless I'm doing something. I have to, that's the only time I will enjoy assembling a model. Yeah. And that's fair. But, you know, recently I realized like, oh, I think there was this whole issue where I had to put some models together on my own. I was like, okay, let me get this knocked out. (laughs) And so I put together the new rhinos and the new predators and all that stuff. And I was like, this is way nicer than it ever has been. Like, I did not like heat gunning stuff and like holding it in place. I didn't like that. I like painting, but I didn't like assembling this new version of stuff. Keep it coming. Excelente. Yeah. So I'm not worried about 3D printing, like crippling the company just yet because they are putting out stuff worth buying, I think. Yeah. It's just I'm not buying enough of it to field a 3,000 point list. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I get it. And, and then, your, your, your mega army is probably not going to motivate people to 3D print, but it probably will motivate somebody to play the game more. Yeah. Because they saw what's possible. Yeah, oh, I can throw my stuff on a table, and then that's on the other end, and, like, Titans are doing this, and the, what? Like, yeah. like that Avengers Endgame moment of, like, all, like, the big, huge set-piece battle. I, I always think about it as, like, uh, um, whenever we were kids, and we, like, we saw the Blevins house, a.k.a., like, the, the Josh, <laughs> the Josh uh, and Zach house of, you know... Warhammer. Just like the, the adult game room. Like yeah, the adult like, game room as a kid. That, that came out weird. That's not that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're, we're talking about this, this is a, a, a grown hobbyist with like a budget for it. Yeah. Yeah. This, whenever this you, ain't your high school Warhammer budget. Yeah. Whenever we saw that for the first time, I didn't think to myself like, oh, I've got to go like create my own Titan. I just thought like one day I want to be at this level. Let me go harder on this hobby. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like what a, like some of those 3d printing models and things like that. They kind of oh, yeah. motivate for somebody is they want to get to that level at some point, you know? Yeah. Especially when at, especially at the time games workshop had articles on their website about, here's how to scratch build some cool terrain stuff. Here's how to scratch build some this, that, and the other. Do you remember how to, the dreadnought, not the dreadnought, the drop pod, tutorial they had where you'd print out templates make a paper drop pod and make a paper drop pod it's like you yeah. need this these bits from these sprues for your like door hinges to make them look good mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. just on their website mm-hmm. you use a coke can and <laughs> paper and oh yeah yeah it, it just at the time that was kind of the culture so as soon as you were able to like once you got the apartment set up we just scratch built a warlord titan yeah it didn't look didn't look spectacular it wasn't no. It was the coolest Warlord Titan on the table. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't no resin printed Warmaster. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> way too big for a Warlord. It, it was about that size, though. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we didn't have any like official art to go off. We're like, yeah, it should be probably about three feet tall. Everybody wanted pictures with it. Yeah. It was just cool. It was just cool. It's like, you're like, look, look at the hobby I'm a part of, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the the vibe, you know, the like, oh, get excited because if you've got a hot glue gun and some cardboard and a dream. Nobody's taking this away from you. Yeah. 
And then plus, I've never really felt the pressure from like people spraying my models with the fourth world spray or <laughs> taking a core sample and eating it to see if it's real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they have the. <laughs> They have the recast sniffing dogs <laughs> run through the event. <laughs> Just trying to smuggle these recast Sakarans across the border. Hey, excuse me, sir. Uh, the dog seems to have... Uh, <laughs> Step out of the vehicle. The dog seems to have, be marking. Uh, <laughs> it's just It's got its paw on your table. Uh, can, can I see one of your miniatures real quick, please? And while we're at it, let me see them dice. <laughs> oh, no. No, my words are dice. <laughs> oh. So. But that, yeah, we got off on that one. So, yeah, what have you been working on? Other oh. than games? Oh, yeah, just trying to get those uh, Ultramarines more table ready. Because Josh does want a rematch. And I'm down to give it to him. But uh, I'd like my stuff to look a little better. So we can take more pictures. Love it. Was like his his stuff is like done painted. He didn't field a single model that wasn't like finished. Never does. And so it's like, because uh, originally I was gonna play my space wolves, but I don't think he's gonna see that list at Adepticon. Gotcha. Like he'll, he'll probably see space wolves like in general. I don't think it's gonna be 120 gray slayers. No, should be, but probably it, not. It should be. If you can manage that movement phase without it being two hours, you should be playing 120 tacticals. But yeah, I decided, hey, do you want to play Ultramarines? Because you're probably more likely to see them. And he's like, hell yeah, man, bring whatever you want to play. Uh, I'm down to get games. He was down to get games against any different list he can, just so he's got a wide repertoire of experience. I gotcha. And I don't think very many people have experience with Solar Ox with 2.0 either. Probably not yet. I know that Imperium book is relatively fresh. Yeah, so if you're out there listening and you have some suggestions on how to play Solar Ox better or things that you've noticed, let us know. Oh, yeah, just ideas, impressions, stuff like that. Let us know. So, But cool, man. That's what you've been working on. Uh, I have been... Uh, I have this Atropos assembled, and... Yeah, we've been looking at the Atropos. We, uh... uh We've been talking about fluff and like, like, dude, I've been hard on Mortis right now. It's such a good book. I'm so like, like that stuff gets me going, right? Oh yeah. Been, been doing a lot of driving. So I've been listening to a lot of Mortis. Uh, I've tried printing a Warhound Titan, tried my hand at that. How'd it um, go? <laughs> very good until I printed both of the same shoulder side. I don't know if you saw that picture. Oh, that'll happen. Yeah, I was very unhappy with that because, you know, when you wake up and you're like, oh, I can't wait, I'm going to put these together. I'm going to hold it to see what it looks like. And then like, <laughs> oh, and then like, uh, I need the middle piece. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, you know what? Like, I need the other side. Like, I want to just like immediately print up the other side, but I also want the middle piece so I can put the, the crotch on so I can hold it and like, like just get a, a feel. Bit. I want to feel for it. It's nowhere near done. You, you want it to be, you want it to be real in your mind. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hold it. I want it real, but. So I went to go print that and then the freaking it delaminated and ripped. And so it's just like, yeah, I, I took a break, dude. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I don't know if that's the word for it. That's the word I use. Cause it looks like two layers just didn't fuse. And I think, cause I've had this happen before. <gasps> I know when it happened. Oh yeah. When I pulled the lid to put more resin in. Oh no. It stopped 
it stopped because I put that resin in because I took the so lid off. So the lid opens up and it has a sensor. So yeah. it, it pulls the print out of the vat so you can refill no, it. No, no, it just stays in the same spot. Unless you know. Oh, okay. That's what happened. That's when it happened. Maybe. And then started going again. Because I've had that happen to me on a couple of the prints for the War Master. And when it when my printer's going, it's going. I don't touch it. I don't look at it. I don't yeah. think about it too hard. That was a huge that was a huge print that needed a lot. I, I of hold resin. my breath when I walk by it. Well, I've had it to where I have had, because, like, you know, it's, like, wintertime, so, like, heaters kick on, and heaters take a lot of amperage to kick on, so sometimes mm-hmm. your house kind of does a little dim for a second. Yeah. I've had that to where it cuts my model in half. Oh, no. <laughs> my house is poorly grounded, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, anyway, so, so yeah, so that was, like, it was, like, I printed double shoulders, and then I printed the middle, and it fucked up, and so I just stopped because I was mad at myself, and then uh, at the same time, I was, like, I don't even want a Warhound anymore. Cause like I'm hot. I'm like, I'm hot. Like Mortis. I'm reading Mortis. Dude. It's got me hot for Liga Ignatum. You were telling me about the, cause I was talking about an idea I had for a mission with like the, the Warhounds and like how, like how quick they are for Titans. Yes. And you immediately were like, Oh dude, in Mortis, they were talking about Legio Solaria where they've got the Warhounds that are like hunting beasts for the, the Reaver. Yes. And they're all straining against themselves cause they want to go, they want to hunt. They're like pistons are creaking and cracking for their force, but they haven't got that order yet, so they can't move. Yeah, the the Huntress, aka the Reaver in Legio Solaria, didn't release their like, uh, I guess they're like mental like blocks from letting them like control themselves. Yeah, and so like these warhounds are like trying to run as fast as they they're like every motivator on them is just trembling like a dog against the leash like a a chihuahua all the time yeah (laughs) they're just like (laughs) trembling fighting against the freaking against that and then as soon as they she just goes hunt and they bam they're gone running audio is so fucking cool i'm like dude just a warhound shaped smoke cloud i was like warhounds are (laughs) (laughs) like looney tunes yeah looney tunes oh sorry was that not cool (laughs) okay you know what hold on i'm gonna write this down Oh, I'm going to do a, doing a, a live Warhound yep. running. Oh, fast. Okay. <laughs> fast is all caps, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. So like, that's like, I've been like, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to paint Legio Ignatum anything. Fire wasp, baby. Like it's anything. Bars. Like I've been wanting to paint anything like that. I even thought about just taking what I have and printing it and then just like assembling it painted. But like. It doesn't work this stuff. And the method I paint, it won't work. It'll look weird. Mm. So, and then I was like, well, I'm waiting for that to print. I remember in Mortis, there was these Thrall Titan Legions. Yup. But then I realized now. Or the uh, Night Houses. Yeah, Night, like, night Houses. An yeah. indentured Night House to the Titan Legion. Yeah, now that I realize it's not so much a, like a, they're thralled to it. And like the, like mechanical was like, yeah, here's some Knights. It, it's more like, no, this is a full ass Night House. This house that was is sworn, sworn to, to them. Yeah. So, wording on my part, you know, so I can't paint a Legio Ignatum Nighthouse Titan well, without looking stupid. Think of it like... Like like those people that have, like, ultramarine knights and shit like that. It so just drives me crazy. You know how you can have, like, a Legion Purveyan, and they bring in a Battle Automata, and it gets your Legion, or your Legion Astartes trait? Yes. They inducted that robot into the Legion. Like, if you read... Was it First Heretic or Aurelian? One of the key points in that is they're having this like ceremony for word bearers and the Mechanicum the, the Mechanicum engine seers like leave, 
but they leave the robots behind that were indentured or that were inducted into the Legion. <laughs> okay. and, and you can tell all of the Mechanicum are like, oh, they're doing this again. Why? Why do they insist that these guys stay and we have to go? <laughs> they're, they're not even powered on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. So it, it's kind of like that where they're just they're house. just drunk as shit. They're like, get out of here, you fucking robot losers! <laughs> no, wait, 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 wait! No, not not you, not you robots. You robots aren't losers. Those little guys are the losers. You robots painted blue. You get to stay. Well, you losers in the red <laughs> robes. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> we gotta do our secret legion cool stuff. It's our clubhouse. Get out of here. You gotta go. They're all beep boop. Stop spilling stuff on me. <laughs> Throw a beer at them. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> and they're just there's just the two powered down Roombas just sitting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got that's a just big, picture. <laughs> big old you on. Them. Oh, that just that just took me back to Archer. <laughs> yeah. It's like you were you were very insistent, sir. I'm always insistent when I'm drunk, Woodhouse, but I'm not to be trusted. <laughs> the with the lemur, the, the. it's like no, but Woodhouse, this dog. You see how great this dog is. <laughs> yeah, no. So, so yeah, so like, so I was gonna paint this up, but ended up not being able to do that. But I'm still dude, gonna paint this up, dude. Gray, dude. I'm gonna paint it up like a, a Mechanicum fresh off the line for other things that we'll nice. talk about someday that you guys I've, can't hear about. I forgot you had this Atropos, and then we were talking last night about, hey, have you guys seen how good the Singularity Cannon is? Yeah. The five-inch Strength 8 AP2 template. I've got a Megara right there, too. But oh, anyway. Word? Yeah, I've got, like, knights all over the place. That might be why I forgot you had it. it yeah. Just, you see it so many times, you just don't even see it anymore. Yeah. But, but no. yeah, there's knights because he's dope and he does dope shit. Yeah, Atropos, badass. And just found out yesterday that um, you can just casually bring knights in every list out there as the Lord of War because it's his own detachment. Right. If you look at your Crusade Force organization chart, the Lord of War selection is a separate optional detachment. So when you pick your faction, like what legion you're in, Mechanicum, Solar Ox, things like that, your faction is determined on a detachment level. So, like, Solar Ox can, in fact, bring a Legion Baneblade instead of their own Baneblade if they wanted yeah, to. Yeah, they could bring a Falchion if they felt like it. Yeah. If you're playing Loyalist, you can bring an Orion dropship. It's like the good old Horse Heresy version 1.0. Yeah, they just expanded the Panopy of War. Yeah, you just, every, it's like, it's like, instead of choosing from this list, you just go get a Lord of War and take it with you. So, if you do have, like, Warlord traits or Rites of War that affect the detachment, Keep in mind that does not affect your super heavy. It does not affect your Lord of War. Right. Because it doesn't have like Legion of Stardust and all that jazz. Well, it would if you took a, uh, like a Mastodon. Right. So if you pull it from your book, it is still the same faction, but it's a different detachment. Correct. So your ally detachment specifically has to be a different faction, but your Lord of War, it can, but it doesn't have to be. Which is awesome. Yeah. And your Primarch... That was one thing that tripped me up a little bit was seeing Primarch as its own force organization slot. Your Primarch is not a Lord of War anymore. It is a Primarch. Oh, so you just can't drizzle Lehman Russ in some Blood Angels and stuff like that. No, but if you have enough points for it, you can take your Primarch and a Lord of War because they're different slots. But you do have to combine them for the 25% rule. So if you're playing a 10,000-point game, you can take Rogel Dorn, Atos Dios, and a Fellblade. 
Could you? No, never mind. I'm not even gonna say it. Could you take Rogaldor and the Tormentor and Ultramarines? No. If you're because the Tormentor is a dedicated transport for Predorabo. Is it though? I'm pretty sure I've been wrong before. I will be wrong again. That will never happen. But you know, I was curious about that because I just saw the Tormentor under the Lord of War slot. But I don't know. I don't think I don't know if Predorabo unlocked that. I'm pretty sure that the Itos Dio and the Tormentor are unlocked as dedicated transports, but I can pull that up real quick because that's just a downloadable PDF. That's the FAQ. That's not the PDF I'm looking for. So, yeah, but knights really do bring a, uh, a threat level, and, and, and especially because of, like, they're not in that, like, 500, 600-point range. They're in, like, the 300 area. So, right. like, a lot of 2,500-point to 3,000-point list you can squeeze knights in, especially if you're low on points or stuff like that, you know? Yeah, just not armagers. Right, because they're troops. They're troops under their Divisio Tactica. Yeah. So the only way to take armagers is to take an allied detachment of knights. Yeah. And this is a very easy way for, or this is a good way for G-Dub to sell their Mechanicum book. <laughs> it's and to, I'm cool with it. Yeah. If the book's good, I'll buy it. Yeah. You can get some sweet, sweet Mechanicum rules in there and get some knight allies if you want. Yeah, I'm all Porphyron, Megara, Styrix, Mm. Castigator, Asheron, Mm. Lancer. Mm. The big boy's not there anymore. The... Which big boy? Oh, the Dominus. The The Dominus Dominus is not there. We kept the Armager, but they dropped the Dominus. For whatever reason. It's not in Titanicus either. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, I don't know. They don't want to sell that to Heresy. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. So, I actually, I might see if Josh wants to play against Knights, because I do have a bunch of Knights, and I've not touched them since the new edition drops, just because I still have it in my head that if you bring Knights and it's not Apocalypse, you're an ass. You're an asshole. You're going to see it at Adepticon, though. So, uh, I definitely think that's something to have info about. I'm yeah. Not sure. I might try to see if somebody wants to get a game in with Knights. I'd be curious. I don't have enough armagers. I'd have to borrow some armagers. I'd be curious what a knight's list actually looks like this edition because I haven't seen one played. But yeah. so they look. added a, a they added a uh, restriction. You have to have two troops for every Lord of War in that detachment. So which have, is armagers? Yeah. So you have two armagers per non-armager. Okay. So I've got I think two Questorus knights, a and Castigator, four. and four armagers. Oh, but you should have six. I armagers. have to have six. So we'll see. I'll probably get some games in with that. See how that goes. That's pretty cool. But yeah, so so yeah, so so just, like imagine if knights aren't like a dick move now. Mm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're not. But, I've been surprised. But imagine if we get the data and it's and just knights are not as bad as they used to be. Like yeah. would that not be like good news? Let's get a game in this week. I'll get a game in with you. I'll well, play your knights. Just because you know you can handle it with all your tanks. I don't know that. <laughs> Shit, I don't know I can't that. charge your Thunderhawk. We can charge you. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'll just play. Oh, God. No, no. I, I, I would be curious. The I'm, Cestus isn't a thing anymore. Stop trying to make the Cestus a thing. But no. Anyway, so I yeah. the Cestus. So, so, so nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on another show. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get some data. A little deeper. We'll, we'll get let, some data we'll for you, you guys. Know what, we'll let you know what happens. But, uh. So I've been, you know, 3D printing the Warhound. I yeah. did find out about denatured alcohol. I learned that was a thing. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I gotta, we gotta try that. It, it, I got it on the table. 
I don't have anything to clean right now. Well, yeah, we guess we can clean those shitty parts. We can see. Yeah. I've heard very good things. Okay. So for those of y'all that are out there 3D printing. Let right? know what's up. Here's a little bit of, little bit of hot knowledge. Hot knowledge. So I've been using isopropyl alcohol. Because yep. that's just what you learn, right? That's what they say to you. you. That's what they say to you. So I was originally really fucking up by going to like Walmart and buying the bottles. 70%? This 99%. 90%. Okay. 91%? 91%. Okay. Okay. 91%. Buying a bunch of bottles of it. Bring it home. Glug, 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 squeeze it like you squeeze it, you know? Because <laughs> like you don't want to take the top <laughs> off. So you just, <laughs> you know, like a ketchup bottle. That's what I was doing with them, right? That's the level I was at. I can't. Tell people right. that I was an expert from the get go, right? <laughs> so not this, even taking the top off, right? This this goes in this, yeah. Just just put it in this, yeah. And squeeze as hard as I can, force it into the little you know, cure and wash station bucket. Okay, that's the level I was at, and then I was like, man, isopropyl be getting expensive because it was right, and then well, yeah. actually, you know, it was getting expensive, so I was like. Let me talk. Let me try out this. Uh, isopropyl got real expensive there for a while. It did. It did. <laughs> COVID was not fucking around. People were making their own, their own, <laughs> making their own hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Uh, so then I switched over to uh, a water washable resin. I hear mixed things. It's dookie. <laughs> to me, to me, it was Duke. For your in your experience, it wasn't what you'd hoped it would be. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. The parts are weak and <laughs> they were, uh, it was it chewed Jolly Rancher, slightly used Jolly Rancher look. Gently used Jolly Rancher yeah. finish. Yeah, that's like, you know, pretty much like very it's, soft it, edges on things. It's still solid, but it it's a little tacky. Everything's a little rounded. It just wasn't good. Like, so, okay, cool, 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 cool. Got to switch back to alcohol. I just did that for one bottle. Sorry for cheating on you. Uh, ABS like resin. So move back to ABS like, ABS like resin. And then I needed more alcohol. And I was like, dude, there's got to be a better way to get alcohol. And I found out you could buy it from a gallon in a gallon form at 99% isopropyl yeah. from paint stop, paint shops. Oh. Like uh, people that paint like uh, cars and stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea. Okay. And... Uh, it smells a little bit different and I think and it's cheaper. It's way cheaper than IPA. Like you get a gallon for like 16 bucks, 17 bucks. Oh, you're talking about the denatured. It's not denatured. This is just normal IPA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, normal. What, what percent? Uh, they were saying it was 99. Oh, because it doesn't say on there, but they were saying it was 99. <laughs> Could have been lying to me, but there is some percentage of ethanol in there. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> they, they hooked it up. I got the gallon, whatever. So what I use this time around. Okay. Oh yeah. The only thing that was weird about it was I felt like, you know, I didn't wash too many parts and I felt like, you know, when stuff like you pull it out and like when you first use the the alcohol, like your parts are just crisp, crisp, dude, no just sticky, fresh. no tacky, just fresh. I felt like I didn't get the amount of usage I normally do. It maybe because I was printing bigger parts. Yeah. Bigger parts will chew through resin. Okay. Through alcohol real quick. And so I was like, especially if they're hollow, they hold a lot of resin. Yes. I think that's what was going on. Cause I, I hollowed a lot of pieces. I built my squid, my little UV squid. Yeah. And that, you know, so yeah, I think, and, and I put drain holes on both sides. So that's, I was doing that a lot. I was rinsing the inside of hollow mm -hmm. pieces out. So that's, you're probably exactly right. That's probably oh, yeah. what's going on there. So don't uh, ask me how I know. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so my idea was like, 
let me find different ways to reclaim this alcohol, which is the same problem you were having as yeah, well. We had a conversation about that. Yeah. And so I kind of went hard on that and I, I got a bunch of different things to reclaim alcohol, which I will also talk about. But ultimately my search on the YouTubes came out to denatured alcohol. Right. Okay. Is that methylated spirits? Uh, it's fuel. Yeah. Camp fuel. I want to say there was a one of the paint tutorials from like across the pond. I don't remember if it was England or somewhere, but it was like, oh, you need uh, denatured alcohol. And it's like, oh, we can't find that over here. Oh, it's also called or methylated spirits. It, it, it was something like that where it was two things that were called different things in different regions. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's if it's called methylated spirits, but from okay from the YouTube video I saw. Right. Yes, sir. For one, it was called fuel. Like if you go to Hello's right now, it's called fuel and it says denatured alcohol and all that jazz. It's in the paint section uh, with all the thinners and everything like that. And, uh, but in the YouTube video I watched, like he explains like for one, it was cheap as shit, right? It was 16 bucks, like as cheap from the paint store and all this jazz. Methylated spirit is commonly known as denatured alcohol. Okay. Excellent. So glad I was right about that. He killed it. You laid it down. Every now and then I get one of those, right? Yeah. So so anyway, so what they were explaining was that like, uh, I guess, because uh, there's obviously like a tax nationwide that, that happens with uh, uh, with alcohol products. Yeah. It's just because that's how they treat alcohol products. So that's why isopropyl is more expensive because of the tax. Mm-hmm. But... I guess the people that make denatured in alcohol and the reason they call it denatured alcohol is because they were like, Hey, we don't want to be taxed so hard. And I know you're only taxing this cause you think people are going to drink it. So can we put poison in it? Or like, can we make it taste really <laughs> shitty and you don't tax it so hard? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead and poison the shit out of that alcohol. And if people try it, they'll die. No problem. <laughs> you son of a bitch. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, thank you. So anyway, so yeah, it's cheaper in that route. But because it is also denatured alcohol and all stuff, it doesn't have these. It has additional additives. But apparently, the I guess, and I might be explaining this wrong. This is just from a YouTube video I watched. But apparently, like the ethanol content in it is like very low. And with that, apparently, it's like the ethanol maybe that's that, what the resin binds to. It's what makes it all gummy. That's what makes it gummy. And so this guy I was talking about, like I started using denatured alcohol, and he shows this like this that. cure station that he has. And like it looks like it's like it looks like sewer water, and he puts a piece in there, and he's like, "This is very well used, like <laughs> like cure water," and pulls the piece out, and like because it doesn't have a lot of ethanol in it, it's just alcohol. It like evaporates very fast, which might make it also a little bit more dangerous. I don't know, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, don't forget sh- to wear your dust mask. Yeah, yes. that shit evaporates and like. It was crisp, like those like brand new alcohol crispiness. Huh. So I'm gonna try it. I'll let you guys know. Denatured alcohol might work, and I found that from a YouTube video. I wish I knew the guy's name. Um, I will uh, definitely have that next episode. I feel like along with the results. If it don't work, we're not gonna shout him out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back. But also at the same time, you know, while I was doing that, I found out there was a, a 250 micron filter. Filter that people were using to go in a five gallon bucket. And I also saw that people were taking their alcohol and putting it into Brita filters. 
That I was a little uh, skeptical of. And you should have been because it uh, it definitely doesn't work that well or at all. I don't works think. works really good until it doesn't. Yeah. Well, they were talking about in that case, you basically have to like clean a model. And then, and then filter it immediately. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it's just too much for that poor little filter. To that fil- poor little filter is just going to have a bad day. You need a lot more charcoal. So I tried that. Nah, I feel like I didn't do anything, but it might have done something. But then I tried the... 250 micron screen and that had very clear results. Yeah. You're showing me and it's definitely very, very immediate results that I could see. Like that screen caught so much stuff. Yeah. It's not straight to clean alcohol. No, definitely not. But it is visibly different before and after. I would like to see if what the, it's way more expensive, but have you ever seen them like uh, zero water filter Cokes and stuff like that? Okay. You ever seen that? No. Oh, dude. One second, everybody. Okay. So now that you saw us watch Good Mythical Morning, them uh, taking mouthwash (laughs) and running it through a zero filter that takes out all the coloring, all the flavor and everything, and they just get like basically pure like alcohol out of it. That's what I thought was going down. That's what I thought the Brita was going to do. You know what? After seeing that, fair point. Yeah. I, I mean... You don't assume it's just going to be perfect, but you know you think you get some good results out of that. But yeah, you saw what that did, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That is now like straight to worth a try. I, I, see, I see the connection. I <laughs> so see the see, connection. You see where I came from on that one. Yeah. So, but, but I think they use specifically a zero zero filter. So is we'll that a specific that. thing? Yeah, there's Brita and then there's zero. Is that a is that a brand? Is that like yeah a, like yeah Litera Cola or? Uh, no, like there's like different filters and like zero is like they're well known for like putting a uh, like a parts per million monitor inside their water to show you at zero. Okay. It's like it's like this is pure water. So this is H2O. Yeah. Ingredients, hydrogen, oxygen. But apparently it pulls other stuff out of the water you need. And so there's a problem with it. Well, it's like distilled water is not a good idea. Yeah, because there's no minerals. To there's, there's a lot more in water that we get aside from just the water. Yeah, we... We all lived in 2019, Derek, and saw that sommelier or sommelier, that water guy came and tell everybody that. Oh, I just, I saw like articles like, hey, don't drink distilled water thinking it's better for you. Oh, okay. it's not. Yeah, the, that little dude is all, that he's like solely drinks water. Like like the, he, the boss of the Hydra homies. Yeah, he, he told everybody. Uh, specifically, he told, I think it was like Jeremy Renner and somebody else that he was like, Hey, losers, don't drink distilled water. You need to drink mineral water. And this is why. Oh. Was, oh, it was Leonardo DiCaprio, I think. Maybe anyway, the Cool. Not necessary. So anyway, I thought that was going to happen. Uh, I'll try zero water. Or maybe the life straw. We'll try the life straw. <laughs> yeah, we, we joked about that. It's like, here's... <laughs> don't give it away yet. Don't give it away yet. <laughs> okay, we'll cool. life straw. Oh, so. right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, hopefully, hopefully some content comes out of that. Well, life straw, some uh, resin... We'll, we'll, we'll hook some up used, a system. Some, some used resin alcohol cleaner for you guys. Yeah, we'll we'll get a we'll get a pump going. <laughs> so so yeah so no so so that is like all the stuff I've done this week towards the hobby was like getting that ready. Trying to print some titans. Yes, a titan. Yeah, has not gone good for me so far. Yeah, it rarely does. <laughs> so, just bigger pieces in general. But I didn't get my mega washing cure, which I'm super excited about. That thing's huge. Yeah. That, the washing and curing station 
that's the part that's that's the biggest opportunity for me to grow is because I'm still using an ultrasonic cleaner with a little bag of alcohol in it. Uh, FYI, if you're out there cleaning your prints with an ultrasonic cleaner, don't just pour your alcohol into the cleaner. What happens is it will aerosolize the alcohol and alcohol vapor is very bad to get into a, a machine that runs on electricity. Yeah. Cause electricity is spark, right? If there's any kind of discharge that sparks, it could hypothetically ignite the alcohol, which burns invisibly. Oh, so you could just have an invisible fire somewhere in your house. Just like Talladega Nights. <laughs> Kill my friend. The invisible fire. Tom Cruise, <laughs> which magic? Put, put the fire out. Oh, God. Yeah, so what I use, which I tell myself is a better idea, I don't actually know that it's less hazardous, but I've got a Ziploc bag sealed with the alcohol, and the ultrasonic cleaner has water in it, so I like sous vide my prints. Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah, so any any alcohol vapor that's generated from it being uh, aerosolized from the vibrations is kept in the bag. Yeah, and so when you open, it's all. Does it? I mean, if I yeah, if I don't let it sit for a little bit, but yeah, it gets it gets crispy in there. Oh, but no, yeah. So also, I got my cabinet in for my three D printers. I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah, it was. That dude delivered that. That came from a school. <laughs> it had the Trump sticker, the freedom sticker. It had a, a pencil sharpener on it. Oh, word. By the way, before you leave today, I need you to go and sharpen yourself a pencil. I'll get you one. Nice. The The feeling is nostalgic. Just the... Because that's a, that's a crisp new pencil sharpener. Oh, it's a new pencil sharpener. Yeah, so that sucker... So it's not one of the ones I'm doing before they invented mechanical pencils. No, no. It is. But it's got a new blade and everything on it. So no, like I'm saying it's not the one from elementary school where I'm like Ramshackle. <laughs> yeah, the best turf I could it's use. only got one of the two grinders on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That's mama's opening a cabinet behind okay. us. <laughs> yes, no, this is a brand new one. It's like, got like the plastic is broken off of the, the crank, so you gotta put a put a different pencil in and t- spin it. Yeah, no, no. So yeah, so I got this uh uh I've got this cabinet now that holds my 3D printers and my wash station, all that stuff. And at the bottom, I put a, a air purifier. That's what yeah, that white yeah, thing yeah. was. So it never, it never bothered me before. I never had a smell in my living room. I think it's just because my ceilings are so high mm-hmm. and like kind of have a easy vent out to outside. Yeah, they tell us that that's not super hazardous, but we're we're still waiting on those legal commercials. Yeah, so I uh, so now I'm gonna have this like air purifier running in there while I'm printing. It's gonna be tight. And then, you know, open it up and, I mean, I've got the little charcoal ones that any cubic cells to go with my printers. Yeah. A lot of the larger printers now just have a USB port built in the back that plugs into a, uh, yes. Yeah. I don't have any of them fancy suckers, but you know, one day, well, I don't need them now. So yeah, but, uh, I should check, see how long those charcoal filters are last. You do got to swap them out. You sure do. We, we've not been the, cause the only one that has it was the Jupiter and we haven't really been running it yet. Oh, okay. But, no, I've been doing that, and so, like, I did a lot of research in that and got a lot of that taken care of and worked out. Upgraded all my USBs to, while I was at it, upgraded all my USBs to mini USBs, like the little tiny riders, like not the big long boys that come with the printer. Oh, they, oh, got, the, oh, the form factor. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the USB ports, like the plug part, and then just a micro, micro. I think they're part. called cruisers and SanDisk is the SanDisk cruisers is what they're called, like little shorty versions. Okay. 
So upgraded those just so I didn't have to. I got more room in my cabinet. That's basically all I did there. So there you go. Uh, I did. So like like I said, I have been watching a lot of games, yeah. and so like I've been like if there is a game going on, I watch and assist with like especially because there's like a lot of like like caught up situations with the rules and stuff like that. Edition shock. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. even with as much as much of the new rules that's been around, there's been a few things that I'm picking in from older editions that I haven't properly uninstalled. Yeah, no. There's a lot of stuff that you get caught up that you just assume works the same way. Like a lot of that, like, you know, like like just plasmas not being yeah, AP2 just, anymore. Just like, and, I think I know how to play a Warhammer. Yeah, yeah, the way challenges work in some things and how you distribute. So, so I've been watching a lot of games just to get my mind caught up with like the rules, right? Right. So on Thursday, we actually, I tagged along with Josh and he went to go play uh, John's uh, John Rich, his Alpha Legion. Yeah. And so I went to go watch that game. And that was a, like his list that he was running was like basically all snipers. Like it was oh, yeah. uh, uh, recon Marines. It was uh, uh, the headhunters. Mm. It was Exodus. Uh, it was basically like his list was very good at killing characters and just precision shots everywhere. Did you know that Exodus is not unique? Yeah, I didn't know that. Did you know that he's not traitor specific? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can. He doesn't have the traitor only rule. Oh, so people just run Exodus. You can just run a loyalist Exodus. Oh, that's tight. You know who else doesn't have the traitor rule? Who? Alpharius. Horse Ascendus. Oh. Alpharius. <laughs> oh, oh, tight. Yeah, that's fair. That's fluffy. I don't see anybody trying to argue for loyal Alpharius, but I have to assume every other Primarch in that book has traitor. Yeah. That's- it wouldn't shock me if that was an omission of like an intentional omission. Yeah, that's fun. Anyway, yeah, continue. So, so yeah, so like it was basically this huge sniper list. I was super good at killing characters. Yeah. Versus, uh, kind of the same list you played against, except with uh, you said it was Medusas, Medusas instead of Carnodons. Yeah. And the Medusa artillery fortification is what it was. So it was like five Medusas with like twenty five dude manning them and all this jazz, and. Uh, the mission they were playing was the, like, there is five um, five points you have to capture on the table that you all take turns splitting Okay. with victory points. Gotcha. So victory points were in there, and then you also got the, like, random roll. If you're on a uh, objective, you roll a dice, and that objective would be worth one point, two point, or three points. Cool. So that was in play. Um, so I watched that game go on, and you know both sides. They they it was an insane game. Like that game, there was no clear winner until the end, and like even with like the randomized points and all that stuff, there was like still like a man. It's like if I got a really good roll, I could win. If you get a really good roll, you could win. Just with how much they they dished out uh, uh, kill points with each other, right? Yeah. And so like. Some some things came up that were curious to me, oh, like, yeah. uh, um, and this was all stuff, and, and like really it does slow down the game because you 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 unintentionally argue it, right? And like you really should move on, but then you're like, well, the point I think for this was to have that moment now and not at Adepticon. Yeah, that was the point, and we did that, and so like you know we started this game at. Hold on, let's make sure she's not going to step on anything yeah, we, important. We got we got Kitty on the mix right now. Yeah, she's. 
checking the checking our levels. Checking yeah. our levels. Is everything okay? Levels good. Levels good. Okay. Okay. Am I, am I muted? You're not muted. <laughs> You're good. All right. Yeah. We, it passed. We passed the the level check. All right. So uh, so yeah. So like a lot of it was you know this these games started pretty early in the evening. We were there to like one in the morning with with some of this stuff because we oh, played yeah. it all the way through easily. Oh oh. Second second round. Come here, baby. Lay down. So. So that being said, right, we we ran through this game. I checked a lot of rules. Uh, we did a lot of, like, like made sure that pretty much there was not a... Uh, uh, misunderstanding. Misunderstanding of reactions. Like, yeah, re- sure reactions that, are definitely a thing to sit down and internalize. Yeah, and so it's like a make sure everybody <laughs> understands reactions and what everybody can do make sure everybody's using the reactions and oh my goodness oh, like just sit down right on top of the base <laughs> all right it's That's warm all right. all right yeah she's oh good hold on guys do we do we still have the soundboard all right sorry about that yeah and especially with that rambling we basically that entire time we were watching the cat on the soundboard she was checking our levels and uh there's a lot of buttons on there and we we're making sure she didn't hit anything to mess up the sound and all that jazz. So anyway, anyway, so we're we're practicing everything like, and we kept getting these hiccups, right? And so, so, so but we followed example, through with like, them. Like what? Like what came up? So a few things came up, um, especially on the side of artillery, right? Oh yeah, what, what was going on? So on the like the side of artillery, there was kind of a a when you are and and this can come up again in the future, especially when you're dealing with primarchs and retinues, right? Is when you're dealing with multiple like i guess like multiple toughnesses in a unit right how do you allocate precision shots so you don't allocate I, i'm sorry that's how, how do you roll for precision shots as far as like toughness you know yeah so precision shots don't do anything until you're done rolling to wound yeah so essentially what was going on in this game was because there were so many precision shots coming from the alpha legion side and they were coming at the medusas right they were basically fighting against toughness three because there was 25 guys manning five guns, the yep. the the highest value toughness in the unit. Or the, the highest... Uh, the most common the ma- toughness. The majority. majority toughness is three. And so what he was doing was he was using these precision shots against the Medusas themselves. The artillery piece. The artillery pieces because they were toughness three. And because well, he they're, knew... Their toughness five. Yeah, their toughness five. But, but because he's rolling against majority toughness, he's hitting it toughness three. Yes. And also very smart on his end was instead of killing a Medusa as much as he can, he was instead putting a wound on each Medusa carriage. Oh, that's devious. So that when you have to take wounds from the unit, you have to start removing the Medusa carriage because yeah, it has to the, apply towards the wounded. Yeah, things when the, the bolter fire comes in, you've got to pull, you got to put wounds on a wounded model first. Yes. And you're still getting to fire against Toughness 3. That's nasty. Yeah, it was pretty devious, but like at the same time, it's like that's how the rules are. And, and and so like the question comes in, it's like, okay, well, if you apply that, obviously this in this case, it was artillery that was an issue, but let's, let's say you have a Primark in a unit, right? Right. And you're precision shotting uh, this entire unit, which is Toughness 4. Right. And now you're forcing wounds onto a Primark. At toughness four. At toughness four, you know? Right. Like, definitely that gun shouldn't have penetrated at 
toughness for because you know it's not gonna hit it's not gonna it does it wounds a a a nemesis bolter is still only what strength four strength five strength five yeah still only strength five but but against toughness four that's a huge difference between that and toughness six exactly and so like it was just one of those weird things was like well how do and it's just like it's i mean it's pedantic you know it's kind of one of those things like like Obviously, we could look like deeper into it and make a big deal out of it, but it was kind of one of those things where it's like, well, you know, this is this is weird, and and it's and it's only weird because like the Medusas were such a critical unit that right. removing them that quickly with such an easy method was, I mean, it's kind of rough, you know? Yeah, because that's like a hundred points a carriage, right? I don't know what the points were. It wasn't cheap, but either way, it was definitely something that you know, when you have an argument that happens and an argument that sparks from it, like back and forth. Well, this is how I think it works this is how I think it works this is, you know, and then everybody looks at every single artillery rule, character rule, you know, everything about it all over the place slows the game down. Cause everybody's got books open. Nobody's playing the game. Right. Right. So that came up and that's obviously probably something that's on your, you know, big ass list or whatever. Um, we learned after the game that, artillery can't react so uh that game the laser rapiers did really good again the destroyers did really good against mm. stuff that they were reacting against it's pretty yeah. wild we, we we now know that they can't do that which it's all learning experience right um one of the big things that was uh we were kind of curious about was how because what the alpha legion player john was doing was he was trying to put wounds on the artillery, the the rapiers, yeah, by spilling over his flamer templates into them. Okay. And at the time, we thought they could react, so we were like, "Well, can they react against the?" So they were their primary target would be a different unit. Yes. So they're they're shooting flamers at this unit that is not your artillery, but I can put the flamer down so I hit maximum unit maximum in that unit. And I also hit some of your artillery unit. Yeah. So like rules is written. I could see where it's like, well, no, like, cause, cause it's very clear as far as like flamer templates go that the unit you target is the unit you have to try and put as many models under that template. Right. And, and that's very straightforward on that one. So you know which unit you're targeting, but as far as like logically goes, right. Ablative or, uh, targets of opportunity. Yeah. I am not going to like, if I have the ability to return fire at you, I'm going to shoot you if you're shooting me, right? Right. Like, if I get touched by your flame, I'm shooting you. Like, it, 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 it's a weird situation. It's, it's, I, I think we played it right because we said, no, you can't. You, it can only be the unit we're targeting. Yeah, and then when you're using an actual, like, blast template, it has to be the one you targeted with the blast template with the right. hole and all that jazz. Yeah, rules is written. You say, I'm shooting this unit at that unit. And so that unit gets to react. Right. Then you start putting templates and rolling dice. And by the time you hit a different unit with the template, you're already done reacting. And then, yeah, that, that unit wouldn't have been able to declare a reaction or anything like that. It's just unfortunate it made it to them. Yeah. So um, we also ran into a weird, like, what counts as kill points situation as far as, like, victory points goes. Yeah, I heard about this one. This one's weird. Because the independent character joins up with a unit and for all rules, he's considered part of that unit. 
Right. And it when the unit dies at the end of the phase, he is no longer part of that unit. He is his own unit. Yeah, he doesn't leave the unit until the end of the phase. And so because that happens, there's the case of, and because they don't really define victory points too well, it's a uh uh the argument was made that a independent character that is in a unit, if that entire unit gets wiped with the independent character in a single turn, then they only count as one victory point because you only killed one unit, which obviously that's where I said the argument can be made, but I don't think people play it like that. that, That's one of the like being needlessly pedantic for the sake of trying to figure out how this is meant to be played. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. being said, you that, know. that also raises questions with, I think it's Blood Feud, where different different battlefield roles are worth different points. Yeah, and, and then there's like, like there's there's some cases against it where it's like, you know, the Tech Marine and the Apothecary specifically say that they do not count as additional victory points, even though they are separate units. Right. And so it's like, well, why would you feel the necess- necessary to put that rule in? When this is how it works anyway. Yeah. If that wasn't the exception, why would you accept for it? Exactly. Exactly. Now, the problem with that is, uh, does blank special rule work while I'm inside a transport? Right. A nuncio box specifies that it does not work if the model with a nuncio box is inside a transport. Yeah. But there's also, I think one of the Dark Angels special characters has a warlord trait. That, that specifies it works it outside work, of a transport. It works if he's in a transport. Right. So because they're both accepted in in either direction, which one's the default? Yeah. No, no, definitely. So that needs to be FAQ'd. Like, hey, how does this work? Yeah. Is the exception an, a real exception or is that just an example of how to use it? Yeah. Like, like, like in the case of, like, let's say a, like pretty much it's if something gets wiped immediately, the argument could be made that it's a single unit, a single victory point. Yeah. If you say, but also if you say that when you remove the last model, that's not the independent character, does the independent character now become a separate unit, but he still takes the rest of those wounds. If that's the case, then could I kill the independent character before killing the last guy in the squad to deny you those points? Yeah. I mean, that's and can an independent character keep jumping squad to squad? If he survives, to, if he survives to the end of the phase, absolutely. And you have no victory points for any squad that you killed because oh, you've never wiped the unit. That maybe that's yeah. that that was the argument we were making, right? Okay, yeah, that that, you, that is the question. You could like have an independent character, and then when you pop the character, do you get all the points for all the squads? No, because <laughs> they were yeah. It's it's it's, it's yeah. a whole thing. You just have because you have yet to destroy a squad. Now, if it was a Primus Medicaid, he's got everybody's gene seed. Oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes right, sense. Write that down. That'd be a mission. Write that down. Write that down. So, so yeah. So those questions came up. They were like obviously I like truck. I got a I got a wagon full of gene seed that fell off a truck. You got to get me to the, your deployment zone. <laughs> so. So, but, but yeah, the, the, those are the questions that came yeah. up. Obviously, you know, we kind of argued our point. You know, John argued his point, but it was kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah nobody's trying to be right in this game. We're just be trying to be. We're trying to figure out how this is meant to be played. Yeah, we're just trying not to cheat. Right. And, like, we're trying to, like, like we're trying to understand, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah, there's a couple of discords I'm in where every now and then a weird rules question will come up and like or argument will come up about this. And sometimes I'll just play devil's advocate because I'm like, hey, if this is what we're arguing, what about this way crazier situation? I'm not trying to say that the rules say I should be able to do this stupid thing. It's like, can we get some consistency here? Can we get some kind of FAQ? Like the dream I feel is like where D and D had it for a while, where one of the guys would tweet out just a a ruling on something. Yeah, that'd be excellent. And then if they're wrong, they're just like, "Oh my bad," but don't worry, it's just a game, right? Yeah. Like, oh, here's the new tweet. I didn't realize it was gonna break this, so here's the new tweet. Yeah, and then occasionally compile those into a PDF. And then you just got like every every game, you just got like. 16 tweets printed out in the back of your book, right? Okay. You know, maybe, maybe I didn't think this through all the way. Cause it, it works. I mean, because we are just playing a game, right? Like they... Well, yeah, yeah. We're not doing this competitively. We're doing this for a narrative experience. Like, like I just... Not, I would just rather not have arguments in the game. Like, and, and most of the yeah. time you can just say like, yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Play it the yeah. way you want. But Ideally, the rules will be written in a way that... There's a a way it's supposed to work. Things that are accepted to that are specifically accepted, and that's fine. But we don't have to argue like, okay, well, does this work like a nuncio box, or does this work like that one guy's whirler trait? Exactly. No, yeah. I mean, that, that's just... And if you do have to say for every little thing, does this work in a transport, then at least put in the effort to say for every little... Every warlord trait, every this, every that, everything, every aura... Like, 40K, like it or not for its rule set, the rule book itself is actually really good quality. Pretty airtight. They standardize a lot of stuff. Everything that affects models within X range, a lot of those are just considered an aura. So they can just write rules for how an aura works. Yeah, I feel like Heresy has a lot of cool rules that they didn't think through. Yeah, a a lot of rules could be... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's like... Like, like categorized together. Like you're saying, like, instead of like giving them the cool specific rule, give him a, like a standardized rule. Not quite like that, but like this rule is a blank type of rule. So your Nuncio Vox is a line of sight based. So you need line of sight for it to work. So it doesn't work if he's in a transport. Gotcha. Okay. Your... Your Legion standard is an aura effect. Yeah, so, no, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying go like full hero clicks where there's 20 different special rules and everything just has an interesting combination of them. Yeah. But, ha- you know, just like 40K gets it where they've got that standardized thing. So there's very little like, hey, how does this rule interact with that? Like you, they do pop up, but they're not, it's not every tw- every two paragraphs in our rule book. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're not going to like this conversation is going to make that happen. But it was just something that I thought was curious, and like I think a lot of people are probably having to deal with as well. And a lot of rule books get opened up. I I, mean, I bet everybody has a story. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has a story. Um, but it's just one of those things where those happen. I'm sure everybody's dealt with those experiences. Uh. Uh, that aside, watching those games helped me understand like what a lot of other units can do. Once again, I got to see 
Solar Auxilla play. I got to look at some of their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I learned not to put Dynat in a squad of Iron Havocs that they stole because uh, he takes their heavy away. Oh, yeah, yeah. If one model is heavy, <laughs> you're all slowed down, but you don't get the benefit against templates. Yeah, that is 100% uh, what so happened. I saw that, and that's why my Master of Signal and my Ultramarines was with attack squad and not with my missile launchers. Yeah, yeah. So uh, he Medusa the shit out of those uh, Iron Havocs, or not Iron, Iron Tyrants. The Siege Tyrants. Siege Tyrants, yeah. Yeah. So he uh, Medusa Siege Tyrants, which you would think is like, well, they're AP4 now. Well, templates are still naughty. Like, like they're still yeah. multiple barrage where you like roll the old school. It flips this way. It flips that way. It's still good. It's mm. still good. And like, not that uh, solar ox don't have access to nuncios to reroll that blast. So it's still good without nuncio Vox. So it's, yeah, they get a different kind of Vox, right? For their like leadership. Uh, yeah, they get a command, command Vox and they get a Vexilla and they get a something else. Yeah. It's some Vox. I don't know. And that might also have the benefit of removing the leadership penalty from night fighting. Maybe. Does it? I know a Nuncio Vox does. I wouldn't be shocked if theirs has that same rule. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it's called. I don't know what that Vox is called, but no, but either way they don't have a way to reroll their blast, but they have enough blast to where that's would be broken. And I mean, Talking with Josh, I mean, it seems like it would make sense to bring a Space Marine ally in there just to get a Nuncio box in there with the amount of templates he's using in some of those lists. Yeah, I can see him doing that. But we kind of got to get the artillery toughness situation figured out because there's a lot of shenanigans that can be done with that. Yeah, I don't, and also don't know if he wants to ally in because I think what he, like, ideally he wants to just run the Ox. Possibly. Like, that was the vibe I, I got from him. And I think he's saying, yeah, he just wants to run Ox. <laughs> Straight, Straight Ox. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Just dudes. I no tried talking running. him into Cabanda. You're <laughs> running Cabanda. So Dude, maybe, maybe. 12 attacks, strength 12, AP 2, initiative 6, weapon skill 8. Yeah. But he's also not a demon, so he's immune to Sisters of Silence stuff. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't have the demon rule. I don't know what to tell you. He's not a, a demon uh, unit type. Super fluffy running Cabana with your Solar Ox. Makes sense. Well, he say, he's like all trader all the time. Nothing says, hey, I can't just play as a loyalist. Just one I'm running just Cabana. Ripped open. Now it's Cabana. <laughs> I don't think I don't think command is the answer. I don't he think is, everybody he is plus one to rage within six inches. Yeah, I don't think everybody that's having a tough time running their solar rocks just go grab a commander. No, not for everybody. But I was like, you know, maybe Josh would be all about it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to give him some options. I think he's more taken to the the night ideas. Yeah, even then, I don't know. Nope, just wants dudes. Just dudes. Just dudes. Oh, okay. He'll figure it out. He'll get dialed in. Yeah, there's got to be something. We'll, we'll figure it out. So, but no, yeah, I've been, I watched those games. I watched that, uh, uh, that happen. Uh, it was a good time. Uh, let's see here. Those Alpha Legion, but, but kind of like rolling into some of this, like, uh, you know, the, the rule situation. The rule situation. People have questions and like, 
Yeah, because it really comes down to your event organizers. Yes. And like my big list started out as what's the most important things that an event organizer is going to have to know people are going to ask. And eventually what's going to have to happen is your events are going to have to have house rules. Yeah. Every event is going to have to have their own FAQ unless you can put together one that's cohesive and adopted by everybody, which Mm -hmm. so far a lot of it, a lot of the ones I've seen, at least, felt in some way like they were favoring legions. Or I'm I shouldn't be losing to this thing. So clearly, the rules need to change. <laughs> yeah, too many people use this, so it's too good. Yeah, and I'm not trying to like dog on somebody as wish listing their legion to be good, but a lot of a lot of like weird stuff in these fan FAQs and different liber books. Some of it can kind of feel that way. Yeah. It's it, it basically, it's a lot less of a, hey, let me go ahead and fix a rule that doesn't make sense and more of a, let me nerf an army that's getting too good. Right. Yeah. Now I feel that. And I don't want to just like start rolling it. Like if I had the power to, right? I wouldn't want to just roll out a bunch of nerfs. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm totally anti-nerf because like eventually what happens is like you learn the very powerful army. And it helps you identify who those people are. Because, <laughs> like, when you see a Custodes player roll up, they're like, you know, they got to, hey, guys, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, no, 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 I got what I know what I need to know. Yeah, it, well, and that was the thing with, like, Ryan and Tim's Custodes get fucked list. It's so say it. Like, it's just like, you know, it's like, hey. Yeah, and then you just have one dude at the event just sitting around just looking. That's what I'm saying. Like, now it's like, you know, you roll up on Night Lord with Night Lords, you know, I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume you're not. There, there's some people working on some counters to that list. Um, but either way, speaking of house rules and speaking of that. Yeah, the, there's been one making the making the rounds lately on Facebook. It's the SN Battle Reports house rules. Yeah, and so I, I wanted to go over this on the podcast. Yeah, I, I'm not familiar with, the, with this group. They're great battle reports. Excellent battle reports. This got me caught up to speed on Horse Heresy 2.0. That's what's up. Was a bunch of these battle reports in a row. Okay, I'm not great quality yeah, battle reports. Yeah, I'm not dogging on them. I just I hadn't. I'm not. I wasn't aware of these people. Okay, so it's good to hear that they're putting out quality content. Quality, quality content. So, so big disclaimer: what we're about to go over. If you are familiar with it, even they have in their posting for it, they're kind of asking for feedback on it. This, so this isn't them holding this up as this is the answer. You know, they're very open to, hey, what do you guys think about this? And the first comment is, I quite disagree. <laughs> I mean, it could be a lot less civil than that. Yeah. it's it, There's a lot of, like, yeah. but... Let's not taint, if you haven't heard about this yet, let's not taint you with how, how people have been responding to it yet. Let's just kind of, we should just roll into it. Here's our live take on it. Okay, so, but this says... SN Horse Heresy Rules Adjustments. So they put a disclaimer, custom rules. Do you and your hobby group use house rules? Make changes that you feel help the game. We do often that at SN, we do often that at SN, and recently we've been playtesting some changes we'd love to see in the Horse Heresy. So we thought, why not share these rules ideas and get feedback from the community? So SN, this is going to be our feedback live. So if you want some feedback, listen to the podcast. It's on the way. And if you have feedback you want to give on these rules, feel free to Call in. Oh, absolutely. Let, let us know, and we'll put all this data together, and we will tell them to listen to this podcast so they can get that data. Yeah. 
So we thought, why not share these rules, ideas, and get feedback from the community? If you love playtest these rules, let us know. We'd love to hear what you think. Okay, so rule number one. Rule one. Maximum three units with the Dreadnought unit type. This is very clearly the... You can still run Fury of the Ancients, but you only get three Dreadnoughts. You're going to have a bad time. Just take, take, different, th- take different things. So... So this is very cl- I guess wherever these guys are from, they have a dreadnought issue. I so because dreadnoughts, I've heard they're powerful. I've seen them be powerful, but it's kind of one of those things where if you did have more than three, let's say you had four or five, they could be an issue for somebody who's running an all comers list, right? Yeah. There was a thing last edition where I feel like at least the gentlemanly thing to do was not run more than one Leviathan. Okay, this is pretending that people don't have gentlemanly. Oh, I'm just, I'm just talking about like last edition, right? Yeah, like people people just kind of ran one Leviathan every now and then. They'd run two if they didn't have a lot of armor. Mm-hmm. But if they ran a bunch of land raiders and then like two Leviathans, then it's like okay, those Leviathans are a problem. And this was before Dreadnoughts got the bump to being a 40k model. Okay, I I like to look at this as. And, and and definitely in, like, my field of work, we have what's called the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we want to make sure that what we're fixing fixes 80% of what we're targeting and don't worry about the 20%. Okay. Okay. So, in this case, do I think that we needed a rule for, like, 80% of the list out there, right? Like, is our... Like, if I go to an event, are we going to come to a point where 80% of people are running, like, Dreadnought Max lists? I don't know. Uh, Hopefully not. I, I can't imagine that we would, right? I mean, if Dreadnoughts become that big of an issue, then the anti-Dreadnought, anti-meta take will start rolling in. Starts rolling in. Yeah. That's how it works. We're a living and breathing meta. But and I saw that in LVO, that there was that Iron Hands... Full blown dreadnought list, yeah, and I don't know how good it did, but I don't think it won. I know there's a lot of people complaining about it. Yeah, I I, I wasn't there. I don't know how that ran. I don't know how the player ran it. For all I know, he could have been a champ about it. Yeah, but so for precedence with this rule, just trying to look into the the thought process behind it. So competitive 40k, they've got a thing called the balanced data slate. Which introduces new new. Sometimes it has new rules and just F erratas and changes. One of the first things that was added to that was a maximum three flyer rule. I thought that they had just a generic like, or maybe it's ITC rules. I'm thinking of that just have a rule of three. Uh, that was eventually introduced, but that's for a specific unit entry. That's not troops. Okay, but yeah, you're so no sense, more so. than three of any. Combination of flyers. This could be Leviathan, Daredeo, Contemptor. Yeah. So this yeah. is the, this kind of feels like that to me. You can't have. So I don't know how this would apply to a Dreadnought Talon. Three max. Three max. Hard three max. A Talon. They they become three unit units. Yeah. So, but from that that precedence, I can see them looking. Okay, we need to implement something similar. This is hurting somebody, right? Somebody's gonna have to not gonna go to an event. Because this, yeah, if this was implemented like by an event, 
then somebody has to change. They have to make a new list. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to say we're not at a point where we need this, but I don't, these guys are more in touch with the event than I, I assume I am at least. Yeah. It's a, like, I don't run more than three dreadnoughts. What do we gain from allowing somebody to run more than three dreadnoughts? We gain the fury of the ancients' right of war. And, like, let's say that we did have a friend that did run four dreadnoughts, right? Like, is yeah. there... Like, what do you gain from him being able to run it? What do you... Like, he gets to play what he wants, but at the same time... Yeah. Now, I don't know. It, I, I don't think this is that bad. It, it's a thing that I feel shouldn't have to be a rule. If this is a rule, then that means the dreadnought unit type is overpowered or underpointed or doesn't have a counter. Mm-hmm. So I think it's okay where it's at only because I want to see the meta shift to taking care of dreadnoughts to handling dreadnoughts and knowing to handle dreadnoughts. Yeah. Cause that's remember kind of last edition, like Spartans with fire shields. That was like, you couldn't get away from it until people started countering Spartans with fire shields. What's the counter to Spartan with flare shield melt bombs. That still puts you in combat with the unit inside. Yeah, but still, like... But, uh, when you take a Spartan with a flare shield, you're saying this unit is gonna get to combat. But at at first, Horus Heresy version 1.0, that was the thing. At the very beginning, remember how many Spartans there were? Everybody had a fucking Spartan at the beginning of Horus Heresy 1.0? I, I jumped on the bus late. And then at the end, midway through, they were all gone. They worked their way out because people started countering them. I think that's what's it gonna was happen with the, the drop potting melt vets. Drop potting Meltavets, drop potting... Because I, I know drop potting Meltavets was like a tool, a well-known tool at that point. Yes. And that's what sparked the, the Meltavets. Okay. That was the problem they were invented to solve. Yes. Okay. And so the whole meta shifted because everybody was taking Spartans. So, so when you make your all-comers list, that's one of the things that you account for. And it came to the point where you would not take a Spartan to an event. Because you knew someone was going to have a counter for it. Yeah, because you knew your And then the counter started stopped coming. People stopped bringing the counters. And nobody remembered why nobody took Spartans anymore. It's a weird, it's like, you know. A, a living, breathing meta. Yeah, it's a living, breathing meta. So on that okay. one, yeah, I can give or take it. I don't care either way. Right. But it, it doesn't apply to as many lists. And the lists it keep, keeps out are the lists that I hear the most flack about. <laughs> If I had to give a hard like thumbs up or thumbs down on that one, I'm probably on the thumbs down. Don't don't restrict anybody's army list. Yeah, but that's just on principle. Yeah, that's on that, principle. That's the that's the freedom speaking. Okay, rule number two. Rule two. The interceptor reaction can only be used once per phase. This includes from abilities such as the augury scanner. I think that's a lot. That's a if that is implemented, then you're going to see some lists with three dreadnought drop pods. Yeah. It's like, you can only stop one of them. I think that just promotes drop pod, deep striking armies and yeah. outflanking armies and termite armies. I So the reason that I feel you don't see as many of those now is not so much because of interceptor spam, which don't get me wrong, I I do That's hear that. That's one hundred percent why I'm not fucking drop on is a thing. 
you can't separate them anymore. You can't just casually drop your tax squads on this objective, tax squads on this objective, veterans over here behind the Spartan. Everything that drop pods in has to go into a single area. Yeah, but also, now that they know it can go in that area, they have all of their augury scanners around that area. Well, the, what you, has know, you know where your augury scanners need to be. You know where you need to be for that. And like, yeah, I think for 10 points and for the availability on it, especially in the Legion list, the augury scanner is a hard, it's hard to pass it up. Just take it. Like, over Vexilla. Take Absolutely. your take your augury scanner. If this why is this unit getting into combat? Yeah, no, hundred percent. So I do I agree that something needs to happen with interceptor. Something needs to happen specifically with augury scanner. So what I feel because remember it was really hard to get last edition. Yeah, augury scanner wasn't handed out like freaking you know. Yeah, like a like a Vexilla. Yeah, the augury scanner was difficult to get. You had to have specific units that could get augury scanner. It was as difficult to get as it is now to get a cognis signal. Yeah. Because you can just take a cognis signal on a heavy support sergeant. Or a tech marine. Which I feel like if they restrict the augury scanner to HQs and tech marines, then it gives reason people reason to take tech marines. Okay. That being said, now that is the same goal as what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Is restrict the amount of interceptor. Right. I feel what the change I would kind of favor over this would be removing the clause in the augury scanner that lets you take more than three reactions that phase. So say your augury scanner made it so that reaction didn't use up your your one reaction or two reactions for the phase. Right. But you could still only take three reactions in the movement phase. Mm-hmm. So, so you can only do you can three light, interceptor. You, you can light them all the way up with all three of your interceptors. But then if they have anything moving up, you can't fall back from it. You can't advance towards it. Because yeah. then that gives you a decision to make, and making decisions is how you play a game. Because augury scanners are so abundant and because you can intercept so many times, it does make certain units not playable currently. Yeah, it's it's a hard to just include stuff in drop pods when if, you know it's you toasted. Know yeah, all every single squad on the table is just going to open fire into them. All of them. All my opponent's tax squads. I think support squad. And the heavy support squad is still going to return fire at something else. Because Interceptor is too powerful right now. <laughs> it's so powerful because nothing hurts you. Like you're, not, you're not at a disadvantage for intercepting. You don't get to not shoot your next turn or anything like that. Do you have a rulebook handy? Yeah. Right here. Okay. I mean, you're talking about an actual rulebook? Uh, whatever's easiest to get. If I like, go grab one real quick. If, you, if it's yeah, like, it's on the table in my uh, living room, left side of my uh, big chair. All right, I'll be right back. Sorry, my phone died, so I can't. Oh no. Okay. And so, then I also can't see chat. Oh. Okay. Oh, we're back to recording. So what's going on? What do you got? So, I'm, I don't know. This is just, just spitballing here. Literally came to me live. So it could be a good idea, could be a bad take. I don't know. I can't see chat, so I'm not. I'm kind of off base here. But 
what if, right? They made it so once a unit has reacted, it's done reacting for the turn. So you can use your interceptor reaction all day, every day. No oh, problem. so like no evade. Like if you evade, and then if you, you evade, you're too you're too busy doing that to Overwatch. Uh, yeah. Okay. If you advance, you're too busy doing that to return fire. Okay. I mean, so so before we start getting into how you would do it, oh, yeah, you're right. I am kind of gun jumping here. The question because because like. I guess at this point, that means you agree that Interceptor is too available. I, I agree with the sentiment they have for this rule that Augury Scanners and Interceptor Spam is a problem. And would you, is this is this overstepping the... I feel it's overstepping it a little bit. Uh, would you play with this house rule? Not if I didn't have to. Okay. If my opponent is drop-potting stuff in... Or if I if I was running my orbital assault space wolves, I mean, like, he would hope that that rules in place. But I would let I, I wouldn't force this on my opponent. Yeah, okay. I, I think that's too much, too oppressive. This is oppressing armies, types. If that was an official ruling on it, then we would see a lot more day of revelation orbital assault, and we don't we because see a huge surge of it. And we don't because Augury Scanners exist. Especially because you can charge out a Deep Strike. I can see them wanting to put the put the brakes on charging out a Deep Strike. Mm-hmm. Charging out a Deep Strike is always an issue if it's a thing. Unless you can just intercept the bejesus out of it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence on this one. I would give this a thumbs up only because I want to see better, more different types of lists instead of us all having the same walk on the field list. Cause that's what this kind of promotes with like the Augury scanner spam is you can still Augury scanner walking on the field. Like if you well, come no, in no, from no. Oh, oh, just yeah. starting your deployment yeah. and just start chugging. Yeah. Walk at each other. Everything dies instead of, you know, because okay. already I lose a turn of shooting and then now I come on and you gain a turn of shooting against me anyway. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Right. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's a problem of the action economy. Yeah. This, this like, I get that augury scanners are, um, augury scanners right now don't promote different types of army. They they only promote a certain type of army. And I think this is trying to promote other types of armies. Whereas the other one was limiting the ability to take a certain type of army. This is trying to pr- like promote the growth of other types of army other than just walk at each other kind okay, of situation. So, so, so I'm, I'm for this rule. So if, if this got implemented officially, like yes, game wide, you don't think that we would, instead of seeing these walking, walking armies, we, we would just, we would only see deep striking armies. We would see a more deep striking armies. Okay, so you don't think people wouldn't just deep strike everything and then charge out a deep strike? Mm, I think you would see more of that, but I don't think that there's enough army balance types to where that is good all the time. Okay, because I... Especially with Interceptor on last cannon squads and, you know, augury scanners. Because Interceptor's still there. It's just not your entire army's intercepting. Maybe. Uh, but well, I, but uh, I do... I agree do, to disagree. I do like the limiting the number of interceptors. Okay. I do like that we have different takes on this, though. Yeah. But, yeah, if I had to fix the same problem, I would say your reaction is once per turn per unit. No, yeah, I could see that, too. 
So you don't get to return fire and overwatch. So now pistols are no longer useless. Because right now, pistols may as well not exist. If my assault squad is not going to shoot you with pistols before I charge you, it's a good way to get overwatch twice. <laughs> exactly. So if that unit now has to choose between return fire and overwatch, functionally for them, it doesn't matter. No, it does not. But if they know they're going to get charged and they're getting shot at by a different unit, now they have to make a decision. Do they want to return fire on the shooting unit or do they want to overwatch the assault unit? So you think reactions as a, gen- as a whole should be re-looked at? I'm not going that far with it right now because, like I said, this idea came to me like just five minutes ago. I'm thinking that's worth exploring, though. Okay. Do I think that the whole community is going to adopt that? Doubtful. No. no but, no. you know, it is what it is. And, uh, and I don't know if that's tainting my perspective of it. Just knowing that I don't think, unless a major event is like, hey, we've got to step up and make the unpopular opinion. We're going to implement, implement this FAQ. And if you don't, if you don't buy a ticket, that sucks. Okay. I don't think anybody's not buying a ticket because of that rule though. Okay. Do you think somebody's not going to go to an event because they can't overwatch everything or intercept everything? Not like a real person, but yeah. a, a, <laughs> a hypothetical internet grognard angry. At I ain't going to, yeah, good fair. That's fair. It like being, being fair. No, nobody's going to, Get a refund for this. <laughs> uh, rule three. Wounds that occur during challenges can spill over into a unit or attached unit. Uh, that's that's a tough one because I'm used to that being the case. Oh, it's spilling over? Yeah, that's how it worked in 1.0. No, no, I knew that. But like in this case now... So now... It affects combat resolution. It does affect combat resolution. And they just so continue once, beating the dead body. No, no, no. Once the model is dead, the wounds automatically go through. Yeah, yeah. I believe. They do. Any wounds that would have been de- dealt continue to go through. Okay, Even so, at different in- initiative steps, they yeah, still go so through. So they're, they, they no longer get saves against them, right? No longer get saves. And in addition, they're, they go, every wound that gets done to that person, let's say you have a fucking just a... a a dick kicker of a guy and then somebody sends a sergeant against him. Or, yeah. Or like a arc Magos where he's got the tendrils that swing an in initiative one in addition to his ax or Paragon blade or whatever. Yeah. So basically that dude that is doing that challenge is just beating this dead body, the dead corpse. He's like proving a point and like that affects combat resolution. Yeah. So although it doesn't spill over, yeah, I mean, I think what we have now is kind of a happy medium between yes and no. Agree. As far as this change, I'm kind of already used to that being the case. Uh-huh. So it's hard for me to see what the difference would be. No, that's fair. I could go with or without that change without affecting my life if, too much. If the combat is close enough that those extra wounds push you over the edge, then killing those guys anyway would have a pretty much the same effect. Because what's this trying to stop, right? This is trying to stop somebody from somebody going, ah, sergeant, throw him in there. Yeah, somebody doesn't agree that if I issue a challenge with my tactical sergeant instead of my Praetor, Sigismund has to accept that challenge. Yes. And now Sigismund gets to kill a single guy. Yeah, no, that's the... They, Whereas my Praetor gets to swing all day into his Templar unit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I always like the idea of the sergeant goes, oh, yeah, big bad. We got your big bad right here. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he what grabbed, the? Grabbed his crotch with his power fist. Yeah. It's like, oh, 
I'm going to kill that guy. Like he's like, you are not going to get to your initiative, sir. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I do think they have, like they make it to where like not accepting, accepting a challenge is it really, really messes you up. Like it, it, there's a, there's a lot of pride, I guess that they assume space Marines have. It's like, Oh, well I've got it. He, he called me out in front of everybody, which I like, the ego check does not exist, so it, it's a it's a weird situation. But like, yeah, it's a tough situation. Like, I, I honestly, I'd be fine with that. I would be fine with this it, it carrying over. I don't care either way. Yeah, because I just like that's how it used to happen anyway. I'm okay with that. I don't. Um, I don't think it needs to be implemented, but I'm not against it. Yeah, to speed up games, it would help slightly. Yeah, that's a good point. Just to remove units, but a lot of times, I guess you're probably going to sweep that unit anyway because you just got yeah. a bunch of free kills against combat resolution against that unit. Yeah, if I'm bogging up Horus with a tactical sergeant, my unit's done anyway. Yeah, if you told me y'all were... If I went to an event and they were like, oh, we're using the SN uh, spillover rules, it would not phase me like, one bit. Cool, let's go. Thanks for telling me that now and not halfway through a game. Okay... Rule four, pinning checks can only ever be modified to a maximum of minus two. Night Lords. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they don't do too much pinning, huh? Oh, wait, well, this is pinning check. It's on pinning checks. So if your leadership is modified by minus two, that's if it's got minus three, minus four, minus five. You're having a rough time it. regardless. Yeah, I don't know. So live reaction... I'm okay with a rule like this existing when I was out of the hobby, just to kind of scratch my tabletop gaming itch. I did play hero clicks, which has a similar rule where no value can be modified by more than three. Uh So if you had something that gave me plus one strength or that gave me minus one strength to hit you and I could get plus four, then I could still be at plus three, but I couldn't end up more than three away in either direction of my printed value. Makes sense. Now, if I, like, replaced it, so, like, a power fist, if I'm doubling it, I still double it. But if I had, you know, Furious Charge and a weapon that's, like, plus one strength, and then my Warlord trait kicks in, and then I get this other thing, I'm okay with putting a cap on modifiers like that. What what situation can you be at pinning checks stacking? Night, night fighting, fear, shell shock. Okay. Which are, I don't know. I mean, I feel like all of those situations would be more and more shittier to make you run, which is the point of it, right? I think that people are abusing it. I think that there's probably people, but like that's kind of their, their, their tactic, right? That's what they do. Yeah. I mean, the idea is getting put at like a minus five to your leadership check for pinning because something is scary as fuck. People are tired of getting bad touched by Night Lords. That's what it seems like, right? Yeah. Having been bad touched by Night Lords myself, I get it. That that type of game, that game sucks. Being in that game is not fun. Mm-hmm. Now, when it, if it happens where it's just one situation where everything just happened to line up and stack, so this one pinning check is at minus five, that's fine. But if that's happening across the table... I'll just pick up my stuff and go, man. If you and just, you know, but now you know who that guy is. Yeah. 
right? The first one, you now know who the Dreadnought guy is. This one, you now know who the Night Lord, like, Yeah, somebody showed up at Adepticon with a Sky Shield landing pad, a Void Shield generator, and a Warhound Titan, and they made a shirt. Exactly, that's what I'm <laughs> saying, made, dude. Like, they made a shirt about that guy. Like, you walk up to the table, are you playing Night Lord list? Okay, cool. All right, my name's Michael. You're not going to win the sportsmanship, I guarantee that. That's cool. <laughs> you know, like, like, <laughs> cool, thanks. Yeah, you're probably tabled me. That's fine. You know. I don't know. It, I don't care either way. I do think that there's kind of like, well, I do care. Like there is a, I do understand that the modifiers happen up. And then if like somebody goes to the book and they look through all the modifiers and they add them up and they go, Oh, you do this, 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 uh, does a hard cap matter? Mm. It'll probably make more games fun. Do I think it makes 80% of games more fun? No. Yeah. I'm on the same, same boat as this one as I am on rule three. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it. The, the games it affects are games I probably don't want to play anyway. Yeah. I like This is one of those things where, like, in my head, you find that player that's doing that. It You now know. Right? Yeah. I, I understand this one completely. If the goal was to make everybody's game perfect and where nobody had a bad time, well, then we wouldn't be playing 40K. Yeah. Or from, from the perspective of this has been decided, I don't get to, I don't get a say in it. This one, I'm cool with. It doesn't affect me none. Yeah. But from the point of, hey, do you think we should implement this? Uh, from like a meta perspective of the more you try to, the more constraints you try to put on people, the less they likely they are to adopt it. And then you just have another FAQ that nobody wants to use. Yeah. So from that meta perspective, I'm, I'm, I'm not for it enough to sign off on it, but... If somebody said, hey, this is what we're doing, I'm cool with it. It's basically saying, hey, don't bring Night Lords to SN events kind of situation, you know? Or if you do, don't bring the Night Lord list. Yeah, I think that's what the, ultimately the, it's going to. The tuned terror assault list. I think I think ultimately what you should do is instead of having tournament style lists or events, it's probably better just to have events set where tabling your opponent isn't going to do the best for the event. Yeah, because you know? that list, I'll tell you, has zero line units. Exactly. So if you can force them to play the mission, you can win 100%. The hard part is not getting tabled. Yeah, that's the hard part. That's, that's a damn hard part. So, uh, Rule five. I'm, I'm totally for this one, by the way. This I've already one, read this. This one's interesting. There's some discussion here. So rule five. Artificer armor saving rules can only be taken up to the initiative of the model equipped with the artificer armor upgrade. And that is the like the so, basically the sergeant saying, "Hey, everybody, get behind me, and I'm going to tank all of these." So, if you're not aware of this situation, uh, let's say hypothetically, I've got a 20 man unit of Marines that are all in power armor, and then I've got artificer armor on my sergeant, and I've got this unit in a conga line charging towards a glaive. Mm-hmm. That glaive opens up with its Volkite, hits them all with the beam. And now I've got 20 hits on that unit. So probably like 18 wounds. Uh AP three. That's a big deal. Yeah, I can murder everybody. So I, being the defending player, I nominate who starts to take those wounds. So let's say I allocate that wound to the sergeant. Who has an artificer armor. Sergeant has artificer armor. Two up save. He tanks as many as he can tank before I roll a one. Yes. And so essentially he just steps like... Trying to imagine how this happens, right? Like the artificer armor 
or the 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 sergeant in artificer armor steps in front of this beam and says, "Everybody, get behind me," and uses his armor to yeah. protect everybody. Yeah, uh, I'm on the fence with this one. I do like, and I know I say that for each and every one of these freaking uh-huh, rules. Uh-huh. I'm a hundred percent for this one. I'm not even on the fence. I don't like doing this. It feels really scummy to me. It feels like I just negated my opponent's glaive. And this is a thing that kind of happened at Warzone. Somebody brought a glaive. They hit a whole bunch of my dudes. And they expected me just to take them on the sergeant. Probably because that had been happening all day. And now you've got this dude who's rolling like 16, 20 wounds on a single dice one at a time. Well, because you have to. Because yeah, exactly. that's what I'm saying. Because once you drop one, then the rest... You know, just, it slows down the game. It doesn't make sense. Like, but I think because no. you should be able to do it, right? You should the, be able to take some wounds on your sergeant. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get away with defender allocation because then we have to like, okay, well, how many guys are closer to you than my sergeant? Mm-hmm. Or, okay, my sergeant's going to be in front so he can tank everything. I've never liked that, like the whole closest model thing. I don't ever want to move back to that. Yeah, it I, it makes sense, but keeping track of it is such a pain. Yeah, it slows the game down. Trying to, it's just another thing that slows down my movement phase, j- alongside spacing out for templates. And I don't want to complain about spacing out for templates because I like templates. I understand why forty k got rid of them. I hope we don't have to get rid of them. If it gets bad, they'll take. Then who knows? So artifice armor. I think this is a fair compromise. I think so too. So basically, so sergeant. If you want to tank him on your Primarch, your Primarch can do that a lot better than your sergeant can. Yes. And a lot more people can hide behind a Primarch than a sergeant. Yeah. And then your your high initiative Primarchs are going to be your combat focused ones. And those are going to be the ones that are going to be either better at stepping up and being big, being in the front. Like, oh, I'm not shooting at the guys, I'm shooting at the Primarch. So, uh, I'm for, I'm all for this one. I'm also all for this one because it's not a hard rule, right? It's like a yeah. It doesn't force you to not be able to do it. Artificer armor still pays for itself in, in ten folds, and and okay. So look, I'm initiative four on your sergeant, right? It's four saves. He gets to do it four times if he tanks all four of those saves, which is highly likely he will. He's a hero, but you're not. Super unlikely to roll a one. You're pretty unlikely. In four dice? Yeah. It's pretty unlikely to roll a one. I'd say you're statistically likely to succeed all four of them. Yes. But it's not terribly unlikely that you'll fail one. It is unlikely. I know. uh, Yeah, it is unlikely. You can keep adding additional like magnifiers to it, but still, yeah, it's unlikely. Not terribly unlikely, no. Is it extremely unlikely? No. It's unlikely. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah, it'll it, happen. Yeah. It's and, still and, unlikely. In those situations, this rule doesn't matter. He died within the first four. Yeah. If he dies within the first four, then this rule literally doesn't come up. Nope. The same thing would have happened without this rule. Yep. I think it's a good rule. There we go. Rule six. The instant death special rule generates D3 wounds to units with the Eternal Warrior. What the hell happened here? I don't know who has Eternal Warrior that this bothered somebody, though. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, that's fine with me. Sure. Go for it. I, I 
Do I think Primarchs maybe? Hit it, if you hit a Primarch with the last cannon, I feel like it should probably do more than one wound. Primarch uh, last cannon doesn't have instant death against Primarch. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, you're right. It's not sh- high enough strength. What's Primarch's toughness? Six. So if I hit you with a Vindicator, you should uh, probably uh, take Turbo Laser Destructor. Vindicator, which they FAQ'd. I didn't notice they FAQ'd the Turbo Laser Destructor on the Warhound from strength ten AP three to strength twelve AP two. I think. Oh great, excellent. Needed it. Yeah, but okay. I hit your Primarch with a Vindicator. He should probably take D three ones. That's a big bitch. I mean, it's brutal anyway. But even if it did hit him, is it only going to take you know? Yeah, I, I don't know against so. Because those are some big bitches hitting you. My my knee-jerk reaction is to say maybe not against Primarchs, but I'm pretty sure that's the exact situation that caused them to make this rule. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else has Eternal Warrior. I can't think of yeah. some custodian shit maybe. Yeah, now if it's something like a gargantuan creature like Cabanda, I wouldn't apply this to Cabanda. Or, but then again, Cabanda has enough wounds that it's like not a problem. Doesn't the Solar Ox dude, can he get Eternal Warrior? Yeah, I think he can. I know no, he, no, he has gets battle hardened, so it just makes him toughness four. Yeah. Which is not Eternal Warrior. Right. I want to say that it used to be somebody's like, how the hell does this guy get Eternal Warrior? How does how can this dude live through a None of my Space Marine Praetors Vindicator that are not Salamanders can turbo Eternal laser? Warrior. But yep. this guy, this dude, this fella. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, just stepping out of the store, just ate his coffee, drinking his coffee and his donut, and just gets a whole ass plane crashed on him, and he just walks and out. And he's, like, upset about spilling his coffee? He's like, ow, my arm. What? Like, dang it, I just got that mocha. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, that, was a to- this- that was a Tomahawk missile. <laughs> isn't this just great? Come on, man. I feel a little sick. <laughs> no. I'm I'm okay so, with that one. I'm cool with it. Sure. I don't think it affects a whole bunch, but like it definitely would make me feel like I'm doing something, you know. Yeah, I, the only people with Eternal Warrior aside from maybe some characters this is only going to affect Primarchs. Mm. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll thumbs up it. I think the issue is Primarchs come down to like Primarch slap fights. Where Primarchs are tougher than they are strong. So when two Primarchs hit each other, they just spend the whole game slapping and nothing gets done. Yeah. Which, so I think this is designed for the Primarchs that have instant death weapons or strength 12 weapons should do something can actually push enough wounds through to meaningfully affect that fight. Yeah. They should be doing something in that fight. Like if it takes a Primarch four turns to kill another Primarch, then it's just going to take all game and nothing's going to happen. They may as well not be on the table. Like at, uh, at Port Maw, I fought both Angron and Horus separately with Russ. So they had a rule where you could spend victory points to bring a unit back onto the table. Mm-hmm. And I completed my secret objective of taking down Angron in a challenge with Russ. So I had enough victory points to spare to bring Russ back on the table. Cause the red butchers cleaned up Russ after he'd done fighting. Mm-hmm. So I brought him back on because uh, Zach's Horus ascended, had made it into our deployment zone. It was cleaning up a bunch of, I think, Ultramarines. So I just, all right, cool. Here's Russ and then a bunch of dudes. Oh, you just cleaned up combat. You're standing out and you're open. All Here's right. zombie Russ. 
Uh, it's it's not a zombie. It's just the the magic spirit of Fenris that follows us wherever we go. It's not it's not sorcery. I promise. Zombie gross, Russ. Yes. Dude, people hate it when I do that. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like get out of here with your hypocritical bullshit. <laughs> so yeah, so so it would make Primark fights go a lot faster and be meaningful. Yeah, I don't think Primark should take each other down in one turn because then you spend the rest of it just stomping your opponent and winning harder. But it should be possible. But this rule doesn't doesn't just go straight to my Primark kills your Primark outright, except for maybe. The the hard hitting primarchs versus a, a non combat primarch. Mm-hmm. 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 So yeah, this one doesn't bother me none. So if I had to like put a value to this whole document, I'd say I'm at overwhelmingly neutral, <laughs> which I know is great for content, right? Like I, I I kind of understand each of the problems they're trying to fix with these rules. Some of them I think have better solutions. Yeah, coming into it, if I went to an event that had these in place, it would not affect my army one bit. Yeah, and I think it was tuned to kind of be as mild as it can be. It's pretty mild. If, this, if this list, if this affects your list, we probably need to have a talk anyway. Will you have a better event because you're using this? Probably. Yeah, it, because you're limiting the type of players that are coming. If you weed out the two guys, yeah, it's like, it's like, hey, we're running this. Uh, SN horse heresy rules adjustment. So uh, Brian and Kyle, you're not coming. So you guys gotta have to borrow somebody's list, bud. You're gonna have to fix your list. And they're like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. So we will. just imagine if we get like two more, two years down the ro- down the road, and we're still in this rule set, and these like adjustments get more and more specific. <laughs> if your name's Brian and you're a fucking asshole like, like in six months they say pinning checks can only be modified to a maximum of minus two if you're playing night lords <laughs> <laughs> dot 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 <laughs> Rex <laughs> no but I do appreciate yeah, that there I, are some like I, I've seen way like of the fixes I've seen this it seems the least wish listy yeah, and this it, is more. This is as easily defined as a guide of etiquette. Yeah, and and what's cool about it is like this is like especially for somebody who like wants to run events and probably doesn't know, like somebody who wants to get more people playing, wants to bring more people in, and also like is more of the narrative driven person and not so much the like I don't know what's out there person. Having this available to them as like, hey, we like SN puts this out there to say. Hey, you know, this isn't everything that you could run into, but this should stop, you know, shenanigans at the highest levels. Yeah, it tells you, hey, these are the things that were a problem. That could possibly be a problem. Somebody could take this print out and say, hey, these are the rules I'm implementing. I've never had to run into these, but apparently somebody has, and I'm glad that this list exists because... So, good on you, SN. Yeah, Um, I appreciate the effort. Like, this is the best one I've seen so far. Seven out of ten in my book. Yeah, okay. What do you... You don't have to. Uh, it, Six out of ten. Six out of ten. It is better than five, but... I The the changes I would like to see are a little more extreme, and I can understand they don't want to do that. I think one reaction per unit per turn instead of per phase, I think that handles rule two with the Interceptor 
and he takes it off the board. You can intercept me, that's fine, but you're not overwatching me. Would you write an FAQ like this, or would you write a? Honestly, no, just because of all the all the work that goes into it. Because if it's not airtight, if it isn't genuinely the most balanced version of it, you're not going to get enough a widespread adoption of it. Somebody's going to be like, "Oh, you nerfed my Night Lords list because you got bad touched by Night Lords, and you don't you just don't like Night Lords, and you just want to buff your Space Wolves Orbital Salt list with with limiting your interceptor." And it just takes enough people just shooting down what you're trying to do. And then you just don't get any adoption. Nobody uses it. And then that effort's just kind of wasted. I do think it's really easy to just sit there and be like, yeah, no, this, you got bad touched by some, you know, you, you don't know how to deal with fury of the ancients. You don't have the anti-meta for that. Go for it. (laughs) And And it's like, we're getting dangerously close to competitive territory with this. It's like, oh yeah. You're going to stomp my ass out like this? Oh, we'll see. Oh, wait till you see my rules adjustments. Wait till you see my house rules, sucker. I've got a six dreadnought minimum. <laughs> oh, my house rules are getting updated tonight, a-hole. Hope you brought dreads for the dread tax. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the comments I'm seeing are a little more uh, dunking on them a little harder than they probably should be. But I was also real quick to just kind of like write it off a little bit because I seen it earlier this week and I just kind of scanned it. And yeah, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, this guy's just wishlisting. Good luck. Whatever. Yeah. Good. Good on you guys. But, you know, I'm sure it'll get adopted. Like talking through it, especially with, with you and you had a lot of like contrary takes to what I like. My knee jerk reaction was to a lot of these. Mm hmm. I think having that discourse, I think I it does kind of bring me up to. A, I did I did not start at a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. I was like a three or four. Oh okay, but that's just because on like the concept of we shouldn't have to limit it like this, except clearly we do because they're trying to. And wieners exist. Yeah, people are trying to bring that bullshit in here. Sometimes you got to tell them, hey, please don't do that. And yeah, uh, but after sitting down and looking at it and realizing that, yeah, it is very easy for me to say, well, what we should do is, and then go about some like crazy, just completely go off the deep end on what we should do with reactions. Yep. I think, I think the issue with pinning. So I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on real quick. If I, if I can have a wild take that just kind of came to me. So pinning I think was kind of a knee jerk reaction to reactions. Right? Oh yeah. To get to force people not to be able to react. Yeah. To take reaction away from people. And yeah. Oh, you can shoot me. You can shoot with your sun killers once in your turn and then twice in my turn. Rough. This 20 main last cannon unit needs to go immediately. Or I just so, need to, so I'm going to hit them with my psyker so they can't react. I'm going to pin the shit out of them and then I'm just going to wipe them off the table. Which is unfortunate because the the tax you paid to do something like that is very low. Yeah. If you get one reaction a turn per unit, you're getting the same number of reactions. They're just spread out across your army. Yes. So pinning a unit, that unit is no longer as big of a target. Right. And you don't have units that are super units for every turn of the game, right? 
Yeah, Fulmentaris, when they can't shoot three times a turn, mm-hmm. aren't as bad. No. So if we remove the threat of reactions a little bit, that pinning option becomes a little less appealing. So we might not see as many people jumping straight to running the crazy sniper pinning list. To limit people's reactions. Specifically, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. Oh, this unit got pinned? Okay, well, they had already reacted anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I still think it's that's growing. A, it's I, growing. Yeah. I, I think that'd be a more interesting change that but the only people I can see getting away with pushing that change would be the actual rules team. Yeah. Because well, what two per phase. Let's say you stack some stupid shit that you you're, can't. You're stack. on a tangent, Derek. We got it. We got it, man. Okay. We got Sorry. it. Sorry. <laughs> I feel ways about stuff, man. I know. I know. You're there. You're there. The, the, the idea just kind of hit me and my brain just won't shut, won't shut up. You know how it is. That being said, we're at three hours. No way. Let's, uh. Jeez. Oh, God. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. Let's we're kick gonna it. We're going to have to cut that down. <laughs> let's kick it over some candy. Yeah. We totally didn't do this last time. So here, here's your music, everybody. Mm-hmm.